Hey, welcome everybody to Timeless Gamer Show, where our games and our bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain timeless. And this program now is streaming live in the uh, in our Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Twitch uh, channels. Uh, for all of our archive videos, you can still go to the um, uh, to those uh, to those channels and pages. YouTube channel. Timeless Gamer Show, and you can also still listen to our audio versions of our previous previous shows by going to the uh, to the major audio streaming platforms out there just by searching Timeless Gamers Show. And um, again, uh, welcome, welcome. Previously on the Timeless Gamer Show, we just did our Halloween special for 2023, uh, and it was all about. Um, the, uh, the horror video games jumping into the big screen, eh, small screen, and vice versa. So um, if you haven't got the chance to uh, to see or uh, see, watch, or hear that particular episode, uh, what are you what are you waiting for? Just go to the uh, YouTube channel of the top of the Commons Gamer Show and um, see for yourself. On what video games, franchises, movies that uh, that we discussed on that episode. So on this particular episode, it's a very special one because it is going to be led by Miss Eileen. She's right there, and a very rare Pokemon. This girl is. Only uh, so she's currently uh, home. Uh, she's currently on house arrest as of the moment. So might as well strike where the iron is hot, yeah. So uh, introduction. So we got Miss Eileen over there. Uh, Miss Eileen, say hi to the uh, say hi to the guys. Hi everybody, welcome to Timeless Gamer on our MS Dust episode. Hope you all enjoy our episode for tonight. All right, thank you for that, Miss Eileen. And of course, returning back, Sir Dan of the Sega Mega Masters. Hello everybody, hope you're all doing alright and uh, looking forward to this DOS episode. It's been a while since we have Sir Dan in the show. <laughs> um, he specifically wanted to do this ep- uh, this episode long, long, long way before. But hey, uh, we want to make sure that he's here for... Uh, for uh, <laughs> we, are, we are saving this episode just for him as well. <laughs> and another one who, who, who we were saving this episode... Sir, uh, Sir Banyagan Native, Sir Joel. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you are. This is Joel Baklit of the Banyagan Native Twitch and Kick.com channel. Uh, saying hi to everybody, uh, both on the chats and here watching live. Uh, you know, uh, we haven't seen Dan and Miss Eileen for a little while, but you see me every single episode here. So, you know, you guys are sick of me. So I'll just toss you back to Joel then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for that, uh, Sir uh, Sir Joel. So um, before we start the show, uh, let's give a quick shout out to some of our partners, uh, namely, of course, the Sega Mega Masters podcast show, which is available in YouTube uh, for all uh, for everything uh, Sega Genesis, Sega Mega Drive, Sega Ma- uh, Sega Master System, all of those Sega games. <laughs> Everything Sega. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just check out their channel. Uh, just check out their show uh, in YouTube. That's Sega Mega Masters. Um, we also uh, give a shout out to uh, Retro Un- uh, Retro Unlimited um, for, for all of your uh, clothing apparel with uh, prints referencing the old school anime video games pop culture of the yesteryears. 
uh, we also give a shout out to Shuttle Emporium uh, for all of your anime figures, toys, trading card games, and other collectibles. Just uh, just go to their Facebook page or website, shuttleemporium.com. We also give a shout out to studio.ph um, for all of your uh, for all of your services in regarding with printing uh, stickers, shirts, hoodies, bags, and lots more. Uh, you can go to their Facebook page, studio.ph, or just sending an email to studio.ph studio.ph at gmail.com for any inquiries in regarding customizing personal or corporate printing inquiries. And uh, last but not least, we are also giving a quick shout out to Collectors Alley, uh, who also houses the old video games, toys, action figures, Gundam model kits, and anime-related items. They are located at the third uh, third floor of the LRT Kalaok Mall. Uh, which, by the way, they are also have uh, they're also having a mini event, a buy and sell event um, on that particular venue this coming November 12, 2023, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. If I remember correctly, uh, just go there on the third floor of the LRT Kalokan Mall. Collectors Alley is hosting a mini uh, retro video game market event, and yeah. Um, and say hello as well uh, down there in the chat. We got Sir Lee Charles Delena. Of course, he's uh, Sir Lee uh, representing G3, which they had their 100 episode special just yesterday. Congratulations, so, G3. Uh, well done. Well done. They celebrated this, uh, their uh, their centennial milestone. Uh, not a lot of podcasts, guys, uh, mm-hmm. reaching 100 episodes. Right, uh, so uh, thank you, thank you, Sir Lee, for uh, for dropping in. Um, he says there, DOS games are awesome, ignited out imagination, according to Sir Lee. Um, Herring Irene is there as well, and of course, Miss Mara, uh, the lovely beloved of Sir Ray, who cannot be here uh, in this episode because of technical difficulties. Uh, their computer is still on the dumps. <laughs> I keep uh, telling you, I keep telling you, Raymond or, and Mara, just you know, uh, just toss out Windows, put in Linux. You know, you'll have, you'll be much happier. Oh, they're using a Mac actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, even worse, you know, toss out the Mac. You just put in Linux. You'll have a grand time. There you go. toss. Ah, that's not a bad idea. That's, that's a really a good idea, idea actually. Yeah. <laughs> Those Windows ninety five or better yet, uh, just use WordStar. Hey, I, I survived for years on WordStar. What can I say? I produced some of my best work on WordStar. <laughs> All right. Um, so a quick anecdote here before we start the show. Mm. Um, personally, guys, um, the earliest recollection that I uh, I can come up with with a uh, with PC gaming or well DOS gaming early 1993. When um when there's nothing else to play, I mean, <laughs> we didn't have any consoles at the time. Uh, this was the early uh, early years of my life that we were just you know going neighbor to neighbor, renting out uh, uh, consoles. And then there's this one particular computer shop. I don't um, the earliest computer shop that I remembered in in my neighborhood. So they they were, they were renting out this piece uh, their their personal computers. You know the big ones with the CRT, um, and one particular game that a lot of uh, a lot of the kids were playing was Aladdin on DOS. I'm not sure if it's a DOS game or what, or a PC game or anyway. Um, I think this was 92, 93, 
so that's the earliest recollection that I, uh, that, that I had. And then, and then when I went to, uh, and then when I went to my freshman year in high school, we have a computer. Uh, we have a computer subject, and in the computer lab, all of the computers, personal computers, there were using DOS, mm. and we were taught just just basic DOS. The advanced. Uh, the advanced curriculum would be words word star like i mentioned earlier and so just a bit functioning on how to boot it up uh shifting from a drive to c drive and i remember where, where what the hell uh where, where's b drive mm. uh, the floppy disk like, <laughs> which was the floppy which was the floppy disk right and a and anyway, B were the uh, floppy disks. Where A and B were the floppy disks. Oh, the well, C, our floppy the C drive would have been the hard drive. There you go. <laughs> it was the five and a half one. Oh yeah, the and five and a half floppy disk. Yeah. It's some part of how far we've gone. Where uh, there's yeah, an anecdote that got posted gone. on the internet. There's an anecdote that got posted on the internet where a a, 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 a kid walked up to his father and said, "Hey, dad." They 3D printed an act, the save uh, the save button uh, for for computers now, and the kid showed a three and a half floppy disk. With t- and the dad said, you know, uh, you might as well just you know toss me into the coffin and just bury me now. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. There and you go. Back time when we have a dot matrix printer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and one of that one of my questions at the time were. What the hell are these holes for? You know, <laughs> on, on, on both sides. Oh and yeah. And then somebody said, "Oh, um, those holes are just for, uh, just for the printer machine to push them out." Yes. That's why you keep hearing uh, those strange noises. Yeah, it's for the runners. It's for the it's for the runners of the printer itself. It, it would mm. well, they would go through the punctures and then he would run the whole sheet forward. So there. that's how they push. Uh, how that's how they uh, push the papers out, right? Yes. So anyway, uh, on this particular episode, uh, uh, Miss Eileen uh, suggested that we should do. Um, she mentioned, "Oh, uh, maybe we should do a DOS episode." Two games, max, maybe. And I'm like, oh, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> and, and being uh, and being the good, uh, being uh, uh, the good panelist that I am. So I tried at least one, uh, well, uh, just one game uh, that, that I could afford, uh, given given my time schedule. So, but in this in this particular episode we have the best people to talk about those episodes we got Sir JDM uh, who's coming in later on Sir Joel and Sir Dan and Miss Eileen of course who are very well in tune with the DOS games and the uh, DOS games PC games so i'm going to i'm going to toss it now to Miss Eileen she will be the one leading us for this uh, for this episode and i'll just uh, you know I'll, i'll just chime along if i can all right miss Eileen it's all yours take it away thank you sir Joel So first of all, I'm really glad this episode finally materialized because our schedules are all all over the place. So I'm glad all of our panelists who are DOS gamers are here. So first of all, what is MS-DOS? You know, because uh, even when I see the chats over there, I think people know what DOS is. But for the benefit of those who haven't even experienced what DOS is, it is an operating system Well, just from the... Uh, acronym itself, Microsoft DOS, DOS op- uh, Disk Operating System. So compared to what we have in modern times, like the on our cell phones, Windows and Macintosh and other operating systems, um, MS DOS did not have the interface that we have today. So there's no like on the phones you cannot do that on DOS. You cannot 
use your cursor or your mouse, what you had to do was type commands. So it's all text. Uh, it's hard to imagine without an image, but if you look up DOS, all you have is a bunch of text. So think the matrix, you know, not exactly like that, but it's, it's all text. You have to type in commands of what to do. Mm. You cannot just type anything. There are preset commands you have to remember mm-hmm. because there's a command for every action that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So um, what else? Uh, everything was in text form and that's all you had to do. There's really, I'm not sure. How, did computers come with manuals? Because I don't remember... Yeah. The yeah. disk operating system actually did come with a manual, if I remember correctly, Miss Eileen. I a little bit of a little bit of a personal experience. I grew up play, using DOS, and the idea of having a graphical user interface, as it's called nowadays, you know, with all the icons and all the pictures and all the things, click things that you can click. That was all a dream. That was all a pipe mm-hmm. dream for somebody like me. And even using a mouse, whoever. Uh, whoever grew up during DOS times, you you don't you don't use the mouse. Everything was keyboard related. Nothing was usable with the mouse. The fact is, the moment mm-hmm. that you used the mouse, you were already in the elite. You were already in the top portion of the of the upper strata of society back then. And the very notion of I remember a buddy of mine back in college saying, "Dude, there will come a time when 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 you boot something up on on the computer and you will be able to see actual graphic user interface. You don't have to go through the DOS interface anymore and boot, boot up Windows. That is going to be that is going to be real." And I said, "Man, you're yanking my chain. Come on, <laughs> that's never going to happen." But it did. What can I say? All right, uh, we have Viraj coming in. Viraj. Oh, hey, Viraj, welcome. Oh, oh, my- oh. I'll come for an impromptu visit and then join in this uh, lovely discussion we're having about our favorite. Wonderful, show. wonderful. All right. Then we might as well do a little bit of an introduction of yourself, Viraj, for, for, for our audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm sure you've watched the show before. I'm, 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 I'm with Dan and we're both into predominantly sexually. Not sexually, stuff. not sexually. <laughs> friends, well, we're good friends, that's good it. Friends. One might wonder, though. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're part. We, One we protest way too much. Our <laughs> Sega Mega Masters channel that we do together, and with the with the Americans, that's not predominantly. But um, yeah, like the rest of the uh, the good people in this panel, I'm very much into my retro gaming. You know? Excellent. And, um, this particular episode, we're talking about MS DOS games. Yes, absolutely. Well, back to you, Miss Eileen. Go ahead, continue. Uh, thank you, Sergio, and welcome, Sir Viraj. Thanks for joining. So I, um, I remember typing in commands, and the best I can do as a seven-year-old was to type in the .bat and .exe files. <laughs> Those were the easiest to do. I could not even copy files or rename files. That's all I did. Look for the there are. Oh, where's the exe file? Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's all I could do. So what? Our, what is our scope for today? So we've limited our game choices to 80s and 90s DOS games, and we've limited them to. Maybe the most advanced would be what could pass as a PlayStation One port. Mm-hmm. So mostly, what our choice would be are two D games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about our other panel- panelists, but 
it's old games. So we're really going down a nostalgia dive <laughs> over here. Oh man, the memory <laughs> test. Whoever, whoever is watching right now, who, for those of you who are <laughs> listening in on the audio portion of the podcast, we are watching the DOS boot up screen first, the memory test, and then just making, just having a look at the the system checks and all of that, making sure that all of the drives are readable. Ah, oh, I just I just got tossed back 30 years, man. <laughs> I mean that's 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 pre-DOS. That's your bio. We've just had a BIOS. Yeah, that was just the BIOS check, and uh, right now there you go. And then you had uh, the IRQs. Like I said in my in my in my description of, of my name here, the, it checks the it checks the port, the IRQs, and the the DMAs to check whether or not the sound card was detectable. So a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that mm-hmm. was gra- not no graphical user interface, all text. True. Mm. So upon watching that, is everybody's backs still okay, or anybody mm-hmm. taking medications at this point? Mm. <laughs> Everybody else looking. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm good with my ibuprofen right here, so you know <laughs> I'm still fine. <laughs> so um, next know know much medication. Yes. <laughs> All right, continue, so, Miss Eileen. So what has been everybody's experience? So I'll go first. Mm. Uh, my first uh, er, or early experiences of DOS would be I remember playing computer games on the Intel 386. I, I know that's our first personal computer uh, when I was a kid. I forgot the specs because I, as I said, I was just a seven-year-old, so I did not know any technicalities. Mm-hmm. And I was even typing like that as a oh, kid, so yeah, I really did I not know anything about computers. <laughs> that's all I could do. Yeah. So it was a time of floppy disk, mm-hmm. and graphic cards did not exist yet. And I remember playing Golden Axe multiplayer with my older brother so he would be on the WSD and I would be on the number pad and it's fun completing the game oh there Sir Dan has a golden axe wow that's the Mega Drive version nonetheless it's still the legit thing (laughs) still awesome yes so and I also remember it's the time when my parents were telling me do not touch the computer because it has a virus and it's contagious remember virus. those times yeah oh viruses <laughs> i mean those were the days when you had to scan your computer before you ran anything yeah you, you had to make sure that the c-brain virus wasn't there the uh, i forgot the other names of the viruses that some would even overwrite your master boot record like you you were so scared of 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 a virus just wiping out your wiping out your computer that you were extremely careful of of, of running a, uh, an unknown floppy disk anyway continue miss Eileen. indeed uh, so as uh, sir joe has said his anecdote earlier um how about sir dan what mm-hmm. was your experience of dust gaming back yeah. then go ahead dad we'll hear from you my, my um my actual first experience of of uh a DOS style operating was actual Visual Basic on the on the BBC Micro B back in the mm-hmm. early eight. So I was actually I was I I'd experienced that type of um, interface well before I was used to anything console wise. So I went from a BBC Micro onto a Sega Master System and um, Mega Drive and all the console stuff. So when I when I when I, I, I my dad got a PC and I I, um, I I got back into DOS, it was like I, I was already getting retro flashbacks at even at a young age because it took me back to that visual you know, BBC um, basic kind of time really. So um, so it was it was uh, it, it, even then as a young lad it, it was like still a transgression uh, of, of of what I'd already seen really and 
it just my just first memories of it were, were just just how how awkward and hard it was to get games to run to be fair to start with i mean i spent i had to spend a lot of time messing about with batch files and whatnot and what have you to get to get things to actually work but, but when they worked they were brilliant so it was worth it, it was worth it really indeed so how about uh sir joel what was your early experiences with dos Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> let me see. Uh, thinking back to <laughs> thinking back, you you youngsters have it have it so nice and easy. I mean, I remember doing typewriting classes in college. So the the mere fact that I got the chance to touch a DOS computer during my college years was already a privilege. It was it was just something that you got the chance to give it a try. Actually, not even in college. I think I got to try DOS in high school a little bit but that was at my buddy's uh house uh in the next in the village next over and the thing about dos is that you you had your miss eileen is absolutely correct you had to remember so many commands and you had to make sure that you had to be very careful with the commands that you inputted because one wrong one like format c colon would wipe everything out uh one bad command like copy con this directory to that directory you basically hosed uh, your your floppy disk and you don't know how you're going to be able to recover that and utilities like like trading uh, like backups and everything were kind of unheard of back then everything was done on the fly and just really the thing about dos is that you really had to be careful with everything that you did that is my experience with it and it was it was like the wild west way back when uh, you just didn't know what you were doing you just learned from all your buddies what you should be doing and you just had to pray that your buddies weren't pranksters who would tell you all right just just you know just put your floppy disk upside down so you can have more space like <laughs> it's just don't try not to do anything any it just make you have to be careful of whoever whoever silly buddy you had so um dos in itself was a lot of fun because of the fact that you learned as you went it you didn't hold your hand you had to you knew that every single movement that you had had a consequence every single that you made had a consequence but the games were awesome the games that you played on it were awesome uh one of my very first dos games was Well, I mean, I hesitate to say it, but you know, parents put your children out, uh, put your children out of the room right now. It was Leisure Suit Larry. Come on, let's just, just let's just be real. It's one of my very first DOS games, Leisure Suit Larry, the, in the land of the lounge lizards. So that, that's how I, one of the very first DOS games that I ever experienced, and well, it, it, the rest is history, as they say. You know. Thanks, Sir Joel. Sailing. How about how about Sir Raj? What were your experiences back then with DOS? So, because I'm like younger than you know some people, I'm not going to mention any names. Um, so, for me, it was the '90s. The '80s wasn't something that I sort of enjoyed early DOS games with. And DOS is a is a very interesting format in the sense that it transgresses through time with MS DOS. And, and, and as computers got better and better, and I know you mentioned that you know dedicated graphics cards weren't a thing um, back then. But integrated graphics cards started to become more and more of a thing, and as computer memory started to get greater and bigger, um, you had better DOS games as time went on. And it, like we talk about when we talk about consoles, we talk about oh, it's the third generation, the fifth generation system. Um, whereas DOS games have transgressed predominantly from that third, fourth, and generation. So one DOS game will look totally graphically different to another one, and a few years late, later on the line, but it's still part of that same, I don't know, family, that DOS family. So for me. My first DOS game was Jurassic Park, and that was for my first personal computer that my father bought, um, and that was a Packard Bell 
Intel. This is the first Intel processor, Intel One, and it was Windows 3.1 was running. Okay, and that was the first Windows I had. Nobody talks about Windows 3.1. They just talk about. Well, it's essentially, it's essentially DOS anyway, isn't it? Really? really? Essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a layer on top yes. of DOS, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yes, that's right. So it had a graphical user interface. Mm-hmm. You see, whereas computers before that, the GUI was so much more primitive. Whereas this mm-hmm. 3.1 was actually quite. Uh, a nice, a nicer looking GUI that made it even for a kid like me to play play games on. Or there was obviously this thing called Microsoft Kids, which was its own word processor that came with it. It was a package to get children to use, you know, as the computer generation was a thing. And this is just before the internet became a thing. Ninety-nine. I mean, the internet was always around, but it became widely for the public in ninety-five. And Windows ninety-five is when the internet took off. But anyway, it's before that. And um, you know, there were a bunch of games that came with the computer. They used to because computers were so expensive back then. It was like a thousand pounds, a lot of money yeah. for a computer. Yeah, but back then, and that was that's a lot of money. But it did a lot. Now it came with a software package to make it seem like it was actually worth the money. And one of the games, which was an MS DOS, that came with it, as you see now playing, wait, is that the Super Nintendo one? That's yeah, that's the Super Nintendo version. The, the MS-DOS one is the one that I first played. Now, mm. there was, I had a, the Sega Mega Drive version. And what I love about Jurassic Park as a series is every format had a different game. It was different. Mm. The Super Nintendo one was more of a like, sort of like a different style to the Mega Drive one, sort of a side-scrolling game. Uh, and the Sega CD one was like a point-and-click adventure. They're all different, very format. The DOS one, however, no, 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 no. That was something else, okay, because it had many facets. And it was hard. It was probably the most hardest game I've played, but I enjoyed it. There was just oh. some X factor about it that made me want to come back more. And it starts mm. off with you playing as Dr. Alan Grant. We've all seen the film Jurassic Park. Come on, great film. It's actually one mm. of my favorite Spielberg films. And you, you sort of start where obviously the car's obviously tipped over, but the Tyrannosaurus Rex is he rips through the paddock and the, 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 there. And then you, you obviously as Dr. Grant, and you got like this electric taser gun and you have to go and look, you're looking for the kids. Because the kids, you're looking at, looking for the two kids that he was with. And you and the music, uh, this is, yeah, this is exactly it. This is where it starts off. There you are, and you've got a little electric taser gun. That's the, the Jeep. And the music um, was so eerie. It stuck with me, and it has that level of dread. But you got to get get going. You got to find the kids. You have to explore. You have to go here, and you have to go there. And it's an exploratory game. It's the first exploratory game I really experienced. I never had anything like this on Mega Drive. Not to say that nothing like this in Mega Drive existed, but you know, you have this extra memory with little animation, the plants coming up. And, you know, you, it, it is quite barren, but when you see something, you see something. Um, and like, okay, this is a dead end. Where do I go? And it, uh, this film involved me having to use my brain. Because there was no maps then, there was no map screen. You literally had to remember exactly where thing, where everything was, and where it is you have to go. Um, and you sort of have to backtrack on yourself, like, okay, where do I go? Where do I go here? Do I go in this direction? So you have to play this game in memory, and you would die a lot. You would die a lot in this game because sometimes you just get so many dinosaurs coming at you, whether whether they're little raptors or they're compl- you know, they're, they're dilophosaurs or whatever it is, they're coming at you. You, know, you have to be careful. Um, so there's that, and there's the adventure element, as you can see here, tapped into something, and it's giving you information about where where things are, what to do, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was the fact that this was a very big game, which well, I thought this is vast into you playing it. Um, sadly, I never completed it. Never completed. I should really give it another go and complete it as an adult. But as a kid, I kept going there, and I got to the point where I found the kids. But then I just died because obviously that's just literally the start of the adventure. But even that was hard. Um, but I. I enjoyed this game. Immense Jurassic Park was the first DOS game that I played, and as time went on, I, I played many others. That 
we're different in the sense that even though I'm predominantly a console gamer at heart, I always will be, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, these games offered, they had a lot more memory on it than their console counterpart. These games were much more depth. They had a lot more depth to it and a lot more programming. And there's a lot more game in there. There's a lot more facets to the game, which I found really interesting. It wasn't just like one, there's like a number of genres in one. You had the action top-down shooting aspect of it, but you also had the exploratory element. Whereas with the Mega Drive game, typically it was just one genre and you just get through it. This was something very different. And that's what I found very interesting about, you know, MS-DOS games or PC games in general. And I think, you know, the early days really did show what they were doing, you know? Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's the game. That was my first game that I played, uh, Jurassic Park, 1992, MS-DOS mm-hmm. game. Worth checking out. Worth checking out. Uh, all right. Um, Thanks for that. Uh, we got a few comments here down here in the chat. Uh, we got Sir Ray saying uh, he remembers every time uh, when his mom uh, grading test papers inside the computer room back in their school, and he uh, Sir Ray would sneak in and play that particular computer. Sir Lee says. It's so weird how technology changed over the last 20 years now that we have almost realistic graphics and kids are complaining. Yeah, these young whippersnappers really don't know how lucky they are, really, honestly. Um, but yeah, they, they don't they don't understand because I always say to my nephews or my, my, my cousins who have kids, you shouldn't give them a tablet, you shouldn't give them 3D graphics, you should let them appreciate this art style because of having spoiled with 3D realistic graphics, something like this will seem like nothing, like it's primitive or why would you, they don't see the gameplay, they can't see beyond the, they, they look at the graphics and they think no. They think this is ugly, but they no, can't see beyond. They can't see the beauty of the gameplay mechanic because they look at yeah, the graphics. It's very true. Uh, Dan and I were discussing this a little bit earlier off off screen. The fact that way back when resources were limited, uh, there was an upper level to the memory. There was a certain number of colors to the palette. There was only a certain way that you can do the interface. And the fact is programmers and designers really were tied to those limitations back then. Mm. So they had to plumb the depths of creativity and produce as best content as they could possibly do while they were working within that set of limitations. And that creativity really shone through with all of these old amazing DOS games and PC games, really. I mean, it's you might think that these are primitive, but if you delve into it, it's quite an amazing feat. Every single time that I look at a DOS game, I, I always marvel at the dedication that a lot of programs really put into them. And it, it's 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 quite it's quite refreshing, honestly. After uh, after going through, uh, the, I don't know, maybe something as something as big as Skyrim, maybe the, the a brand new game of Skyrim, and then you jump back into an old game of Daggerfall. You make the comparison between the two, and Skyrim is huge. But when you have a look at an old game like Daggerfall, like you've got, it's about five times as large as as Skyrim. If if I remember correctly, I could be wrong on this one, but you were working. You you have to tip your hat to all of these amazing people from way back when, who knew their limitations but surpassed them anyway. That's my that's my personal opinion on it. All right. We also have Chung Chung Chan Wei here who says yeah. back then games had us choose video modes like cga ega or vga yes Uh, you were so you were so privileged if you had an ega or a vga screen back then a cga screen was basically the default the black and green or black and white for people like me and yeah it's just you know really i i I, like like television it was i I likened it to yeah it's the kind of technology and it 
it is amazing that as time has gone on and I remember I remember my father telling me he sold a PC or mm. he worked in the industry for over a thousand pounds for 10 megabytes of memory. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of memory back then, but yeah. it's what they did with that memory. It's what they do with those limitations. Mm. And this is the key, which is you don't need copious amounts of memories. In fact, we're spoiled in, in terms of the memory we have to make a yes. great game. And mm-hmm. I think because they had those limitations, they think, well, what's the best we can do with what we have? I think yes. there's something missing in today's element where they didn't have restrictions of memory mm-hmm. there's some really wonderful content that came out there not to say that the the ms-dos say jurassic park for example was restricted mm-hmm. so you can have back then you had like floppy disk or floppy disk or floppy disk you, know, <laughs> you want to take one out and put another one in yes yes and things like that that were, mm-hmm. they were developed to be longer and they had different stages to it and the game would continue mm-hmm. to play so they weren't restricted but they were restricted in terms of the graphical limitation and i think there's something really wonderful about that and i'm also i also think it's wonderful that games you talk about these games being so big now Mm-hmm. When the, the question I was talking to Dan about it, um, uh, just a few days ago about a, a certain beat em up game, about how long it was, you know, how, how it's too long. Sometimes you just want to have a game that has a playthrough time of an hour or two. You don't want to go mm-hmm. on and on because, and, and the good thing about retro games, and I'm sure a lot of people, there's something really wonderful about coming home from work or just chilling down, pick up and play, play the game. You know, you've got an hour to get because you've got something else to do. There is that level of self actualization. Not to say that this is a game, they would take ages, but. <laughs> quite easy to slip back into whereas mm-hmm. games now you put it down for a week you're like uh, where was I yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're... I think it's quite quite amazing you make a great point there Meg so I think it's quite amazing how back in the DOS and and in the 16-bit days they kind of recognised that um, and you got you had like a like a, a, a journal structure, Fantasy Star Four on your Mega Drive. Perfect example. They introduced mm-hmm. the talk system, so you couldn't get lost. Mm-hmm. But loads of games still don't seem to recognise that. Like you say, oh. you, you can put certain games down, and um, the the journal they just kind of leave you weird, which is is is, is very strange. It's very it's very weird. See. So it's not evolved from that from that time. In fact, in in, in DOS cases, it, it probably it were more evolved. Oh, uh, I'd like to acknowledge Gummy Tagli here in the chats, who goes by the screen name Baruna Roika. His his comment just made my eyes pop out of my head right now. I only have DOS knowledge for my college class for PC history. There's an entire generation now, guys, of people who have never experienced actually playing or using DOS, like mm-hmm. playing DOS games or using DOS. It's like it's blowing my mind right now that there's these people who have no idea who, how amazing things were back then or how much how much hardship and innovation people had to go through to understand what computers were all about. But yeah, what can I say? I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm again, I, I feel myself I feel myself turning into ashes as I'm sitting down on this panel right now. Anyway, back to you, Ms. Eileen. <laughs> Thanks very much for sharing all of your experiences with DOS in the, back Ooh. then. So let's dive into games. Uh, I would like to start with Sir Dan first in the interest of time. So yes. Sir Dan, what are your gaming picks for DOS games? Mm. Right, okay. My uh, my favorite DOS games. I've got quite a few, and I'll, I'll give them some honorable mentions later. But I've talked about some of them before, um, so I'm going to pick two I've not talked about um, before. Um, first one I'm going to go for is Tie Fighter. Um, yes. Tie Fighter. I mean, obviously, you're all familiar with Star Wars. Um, Tie Fighter was the sequel to uh, another MS DOS game, which was X Wing, which came uh, came out a couple of years before it. 
Um, X-Wing were brilliant anyway. I mean, I loved that X-Wing. I, 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 the, the, what, what I found so interesting about X-Wing was it came out pretty sh very well, very shortly, within a few weeks, maybe a month um, after uh, Star Fox, mm. and you got all these people hyping up Star Fox. And I, and I, I bought Star Fox. I thought it was great, but I thought it was great for like two days, and then I kind of realised actually it's just a kind of tech demo, and weren't that much to it. I played I played X Wing, and it blew me away, and it blew mm. Star Fox out of the water. I was like, wow, this is different. Le this is different level gaming. And then TIE Fighter came along not too long after it, and TIE Fighter just like really polished it all off. This came out in 1994, TIE Fighter. Um, and it's a LucasArts game. LucasArts were gold at that time. You know, LucasArts just produced quality after quality. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much everything they released were brilliant. And the moment that you saw that LucasArts logo from way back when, you knew you were in for an experience. Exactly. You, you knew you and that. You just said the key word there, mate experience. You weren't just. Mm -hmm. Up until this point, up until I mean, X-wing did it to a, a large degree, but Tie Fighter kind of, kind of, you know, rounded that experience off. You, up until this point, most, most flight, you know, space sim shooter type things, they were either very simulation based or very arcade based, mm -hmm. one or the other. Tie Fighter and X-wing, um, they married those two two genres up really good. And you and, and I love that in Tie Fighter that you get a lot of action in here, mm -hmm. but it's but the mission structure is very much um, a, a realistic, you know, uh, um, immersive mm -hmm. mission structure. You know what I mean? You you have to inspect uh, vehicles. You have to, you know, you 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 you, know, you, you can't just go in blasting and, and and knocking everything out of the water. You have to stop and think and plan and. Um, and and it, it has got later sequels. Uh, mm -hmm. Me and Sir Joel were talking about one off off air. Um, yes. But some of the later sequels I've played, I've not played the most recent one that Sir Joel was talking about. But some of the mm -hmm. later sequels I played kind of lost that that um, imperial empiric um, military mm -hmm. feel. And that's yeah. what's so great about Tie Fighter. Tie Fighter <laughs> yeah. is really you really feel like you're part of a of a of a squadron of a of a team of an empire. Mm -hmm. And you're going out to do a job. When you uh -huh. want, when you're in these missions, it feels like you're doing a job. And I don't mean in a mundane way. I mean mm. in, it gives you responsibility. Yeah. And and uh, it's just a really good game. And it play, it just plays. It plays mm. brilliant. The combat's brilliant. It's fast paced. It's tense. You know the 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 use of the Star Wars score. Mm. It, it really draws you in. It's epic. It's fantastic. It's a, it's a brilliant game. Still plays mm -hmm. brilliant today. I've been playing it again this week. Shit hot stuff. Fantastic. Brilliant game. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. It, it, it's, I have to admit that the TIE Fighter from way back when, if you had the Sound Blaster card or the Roland card on your computer, it was um, it was an amazing it was an amazing time to be in because it's it was a quantum leap from uh, again uh, that like you know like little things like from Leisure Suit Larry to to Star Wars X Wing and TIE Fighter. It was being in the actual movie that you absolutely loved growing up watching star wars and then suddenly you can jump into the cockpit of an x-wing fighter or a tie fighter you can you can hear the music you can see you can hear the roar of of the vehicle as you blast off and start uh, going through space it, it i know it's it's not hard science but it was an amazing it was an amazing time to uh, to be in and an amazing game to play I highly agreed with you on that one dad 
Thanks, mate. Yeah, no, it's and you, and you said it spot on there. It, it, it was the leap from pretty much every Star Wars game up until that point that I can mm. remember play, playing yeah. was arcade based. You know, Super Star Wars on Super Nintendo, mm. Star Wars on the Master System. These games were, you know, they were platformers. They were even even if something was was like your arcade Star Wars, where mm-hmm. you know it was a similar thing to this, where you got what you were doing trench and that, mm. but it was very arcade based. The the sim aspect that the, the, the put into this and the story aspect. Mm-hmm. Really made it made it um, a, a, a leap. Uh, yeah, it brought it on leaps and ba- leaps and bounds. Really, I mean, as you're looking at this here, I mean, it's obviously it's, it's a PC-based game, but you know, look look how much faster and smoother that this moves when you compare it to something like Star Fox. You know what I mean? And the, and and there's not much happening in this level. This is a training level where you're literally just flying through, um, you know, th- through the gates there. Mm-hmm. When you compare that against Star Fox, that were that was so sluggish and, and oh, yeah. nailed back compared to this. Do you know mm. what I mean? And, and uh, this just blew my socks off. And this, like I said, this is X-Wing. So when when they took this and the suits it up and they added all the extra components Ooh. to make TIE Fighter, TIE yeah. Fighter just like, I used to play it constantly. It was brilliant. Uh, also not to mention the fact that it was it was one of the few games that allowed you to play as the villain. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's the fact that, you know, most games from way back when, you were the hero, you were the chosen one, you were the, the, the savior of the world and everything like that in in tie fighter you get to play as the bad guy and not necessarily darth vader but still you know <laughs> you're a tie fighter pilot yeah yeah and in many in many oh, yeah. good. Sorry, sorry go on for it sure, mate. i thought that they were the good guys bad people i mean they're all unorganized they're all dirty well somebody from the empire needs to shoot people properly Right. I mean, and I mean, it's, it's, it's on his gang. They, they, they do. They blow up a gift. They're terrorists. They oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> As Obi Wan Kenobi would say, from a certain point of view, yes. I mean, the Galactic Empire should be using this as their flight simulation program, really. <laughs> But that is what that's what's so good about Tie mm. Fighter. I mean, mm. Viral has actually nailed something there that yes. it makes you feel good yes. playing for the Empire. It may, mm. it just make it it, it 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 plays you from that angle of these are terrorists. Mm-hmm. It's your job to go out and you know to protect the the, the Empire. To yeah. you know, and it, it, it has that evil menacing overtone to it. Mm-hmm. it kind of makes you. Yeah, it kind of makes you think. Well, you know, it's like, it's like, like you know, it's, it's, it's all obviously based mm. on Nazi, na- Nazi yes. art, Nazi, Nazi philosophy, and that. But it makes it, you kind of think because you're an appreciation of, of being that kind of Nazi dominant, which is, mm. you know, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it really it, it it made you question. It made you question the the choices that that other people make. So they they would they would make their choices, and they, they you would start to understand their motivations for doing such choices. So it's it's a nice little morality morality play, and a little bit a little bit of um a little bit that made you really think about how things might might be on from the other side. It's a good exercise, yeah. really. And a great a great a great little touch at the point that is between mission you mm. can talk to an advisor uh, mm. and um uh, who's someone who's like a shadow shadow spy for the empire uh, for, for the emperor yes. and he actually tells you to disobey your commanders mm-hmm. he, actually, he actually tells you he says well you know you might want to do this but actually if you want to get mm. some extra points instead instead of capturing that blow it up and stuff like that so again mm. it's 
But for 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 a nineteen ninety four game, you think there's there's a lot nice lot of layer of story depth there to it. Really, and again, I would highly recommend for those of you who want to get the feel of it for from modern uh, for modern consoles. Star Wars Squad Squadrons would be as close to it as you can possibly get, but I would still highly recommend that you get the GOG version of of Tie Fighter if you guys are looking for the experience that uh, Dan is talking about. Uh, good old games. GOG.com is selling it, and usually it goes on sale. I would highly recommend getting getting yourself a copy and enjoying the original experience. Nice one, mate. Yeah, so we yeah, so that's my first choice. Mm. Uh, my second choice, uh, we're going to go back to a game that is very dear to me. A very uh, magical game. Mm. That's, the only, that's the only way to describe it. I fucking love this game. Um, Secret of Monkey Island. Oh, is- yeah. <laughs> ah, nice choice. Very good choice. Thank you very much, mate. It's, yeah, so it, it's a 1990, another LucasArts game. So, mm. again, it's, it's got all the touches. And I actually played this first on my friend's Amiga. Um, but, oh, the but, Amiga. Okay, good choice. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah it's, it's one of these that I, I used to borrow. We used to trade cons. I used to trade in my Master System uh, mm. for, for his Amiga for like a few weeks at a time, uh, and it was basically the first the first time I the first game I got for the PC when I got when my dad got a PC. I was like, right, Dad, I want Monkey Island. That's the, that's the that's the game I'm after. That's what I need for it. Um, and Monkey Island is just it's just a, an incredibly amazing beautiful game it is it's one of the most um oh what's the word just just magic it is just magical it's got everything you need it's 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 the it's a point and click um adventure game that is it's it's basically like an indiana set you know typical lucas film indiana jones but with pirates mm-hmm. um that it's based it's puzzles and its entire game the entire philosophy of it is based around great humor mm. and it's just really really funny Re- it's really funny it's really atmospheric uh, and it's really magical you, you the, the adventure you go on it feels like you go on a wondrous adventure and it's so outlandish it's so some of the puzzles in it and some of the scenarios in it are so off the wall that you just that you don't know what to expect next it always keeps you on your toes and and i, I still don't think you know I, it's still in my top five point and click adventure games to this day because it's so clever and um, you know it's, it's so it's so uh, ingenious you know what i mean it is it's really fantastic mm-hmm. uh, and and the music to the game is just i could listen to that theme tune to it all day long i think it's i think it's mm-hmm. incredible so, so th- this this is just a game that it's not aged a day it really mm-hmm. hasn't it's, it's it's a game that if you I can guarantee if you if you're into adventure games and you play this now mm. you'll love it you will absolutely love it because it's just so clever and it's so so um, so uh, absorbing fantastic little game I mean CD port as well Sega CD port Sega CD port exactly yes it, and, uh, of course there's so many sequels as well so obviously it's definitely um, prolific and these these are definitely so we're, we're talking about it with, with Sir Joe about how mm. Tide, X-Wing and TIE Fighter evolved into to what would be better games now yes um, yeah. Yeah, but Monkey Island I, I still don't think many the, the first three Monkey Island games Secret mm. of Monkey Island mm. Secret of Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge and The Curse of Monkey Island I still don't think m- many games have reached that peak I, I no. we, after this we got the Escape from Monkey Island which was mm-hmm. kind of good but it weren't brilliant mm-hmm. and then we got we got the the Tales of Monkey Island which were garbage and we've, and we've literally just had Return to Monkey Island mm-hmm. absolute crap to be honest well, I mean 
there, there are other point and click adventure games other than mm -hmm. that, that, that yeah. so I, I have I love immensely but it's because of Monkey Island probably being the staple of like it was like the beginning it was it was a it was a trailblazer it was like this is the benchmark who else is going to make a point and click adventure game and there are a number of them which I, I really love what's that um so Joel is uh, is it showing us Yes, uh, it's a tome that contains all of these classic graphic adventures. It's the Guide to Classic Adventures by Kurt Kolata. It is massive. If you're interested at all in the graphic adventure genre, I highly recommend you pick up this book because it contains everything from Zork all the way to, well, I mean, it's got some really good ones like the King's Quest series, the, 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 the Monkey Island series, all of these great graphic adventure games, which had its home in PC games, uh, in, in the PC and in DOS and in Amiga and all of these amazing old school uh, uh, classic operating systems. But yeah, I digress. Continue, Viraj. I mean, for, for me, my my point and um, click adventure game, the first one that I played was five years after the game. It was 1995. Uh, my cousin lent it to me and uh, I played it. It's called Discworld. Yeah. Discworld, yeah, good choice. Now, I... I I, I read the novels by Terry Pratchett years after because it's such an amazing. For those of you who are, who, as a kid, the only thing that can get you, if you want to, if you're a kid and you need, you're trying to get your kids to read, so if you're sorry, if you're a parent trying to get your kids into reading, mm. the book has to have plot. It has to be interesting. Yes. And fact, novels have to be written well. And obviously, that's why loads of people like the J.K. Rowling Harry Potter books. You know, whether you like it or not, they're very well written books. Discord probably a lot more, a bit more advanced, but it has a, an adult sense of humor to it. So as I was reading in, in English class, I'd, I'd laugh a bit and feel like, why the hell is Viraj laughing? Because it was a funny book. Um, but go, go back to the game, which I'm familiar with the characters, um, the art style, um, you know, what, what the plot, you know, the plot and how, how, it, how it plays out. And how you play, you play the role of um, this wizard called Rincewind. And um, you have to sort of, <laughs> you basically have to go uh, around the, the streets of Rank or Morfolk and, 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 and the world around it um, and interact with characters and, and solve tasks. It's basically a puzzle game, just like any point in the game would be. But it would be like the little animations, the little voice acting, stuff like that, which I really liked. And obviously this game, I don't know if it had, I don't know if Monkey Island had voice acting, but you had voices as you got better and you had much more of an immersive experience. It was like you're reading a novel and, and playing around with it. So. Discord I really liked, even though it was quite challenging. I found Discord 2, its sequel, to be much easier than the first one. The first Discord game was definitely the point-and-click game that I really got into. And then um, following that, um, there's this other game that I played called Toonstruck in 1996. Toonstruck, yeah. Mm. And that had that some star power to it because it's got Christopher Lloyd, um, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. And um, God, that was a fun game because it, it plays this artist, right, and he falls asleep. And then he goes into this dream world where he created it and he has to basically something's gone wrong and he's got to help the lead character or something and um it's 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 got a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor there because even though it's got these cutesy graphics and you think it's for kids but there's <laughs> there's some there's a lot of innuendos and adult content in there that you just have to laugh at um and even the language like because it because it was meant to be a pg game there's a bit where you, you obviously play as christopher lloyd it's a digitized character he's walking around you know, and you see like the animation of him walking around. It's not, it is actually really him because they've used his, him to walk around this whole world with. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
you know, he has to get all these items. He has to go to these places in the realm, which I forget what. And he has to get all these items because there was an evil, I don't know, it's an evil thing with this ship that's turning all the cube systems into monstrous. And he has to, they have to create this, this device that turns everything back. Um, and, it, and it's him and the League cartoon that he created. Um, and it, it, is, it was a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed Toons. In 2011, I got to meet Christopher Lee at the Comic Con here in London that we had. And everybody, everybody's talking to him about, um, you know, he, you know his roles in Back to the Future and the, you know the Klingon you played in Star Trek and all these other things. And I came up to him and goes, "Look, um, I know everyone said this is this game that you worked on called Toonstruck." And he was like, "Oh," and he was like really flattered because nobody ever talked to him about it. Or I was probably the only fan that ever mentioned it, you know. And, it was, it was <laughs> and I said, "No, it, it, it made a difference, and I love that." And thank you for being part of my childhood. So you know, and you thank me. I had my picture taken with him. I'll see if I find the picture. I'll see it, but. You know, lovely man. But yeah, that that's just a, a little soft note there. But the game in itself was truly much more immersive and it was a step up from Discord and that you had animation, you had that innuendo, you had a bit more story and they were developing more of the story element with these point and click adventure games because you want to feel more immersed into these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. You want to, you really want to you know, re be involved in this. I think another point and click adventure, I don't know if it was a DOS game, but it was um, Shadow of the Templars, what was it? Um, Broken Sword, that was another one. Oh, oh Broken Sword, yeah. really good choice, yeah. nice choice. I love Broken yeah. Sword Yeah. As well. Okay, yes. I played it on the Game Boy Advance. It had a port. What can I say? But back then, back then, it was a big deal, and everyone was talking about. It. I couldn't. I didn't have it, sadly. But it was a great game. So again, there were so many great point-and-click adventure DOS games that had spawned because of the game that you just mentioned. See, you know, I think the, th the thing, the thing with Monkey Island that that Ooh. got me is, is the people. A lot of people say, and you, what what you're alluding to. A lot of people say. Um, something is ahead of its time. And they say that quite a lot, but it's not. Whereas where Monkey Island really was. Monkey Island was, was you know, it, it worked on so many levels. It broke the fourth wall, so, you know, really well. It did, I mean, you've all seen Wayne's World where they did that joke with the with the sponsorships, where he sat there in the Reebok thing and he's, he's, he's eating his pizza. And Monkey Island does, it, it does the same. It, it, it does sponsorships fourth wall gag so it takes you out of being on a pirate adventure and puts you in a in the in in, in the real world promoting at LucasArts other games you know what I mean so it's it's just it's just really clever and like like Virage says it's I, I don't I think when you when you first see that and if you play that now you will see the influence of these other later point and click adventure games um in in this early game without a doubt mm. I think there's somebody in the comment section I think Jake Belmont said is a clock tower MS-DOS game no it's actually a Windows game Mm. When you get to 1995 and beyond, you know, that's when you like, okay, some games were designed for Windows computers mm. and DOS games, they'll still be made for DOS because it's still a very popular format, you know. Mm. But that's when obviously Windows games became more more things, so you have that. So, yeah, well, they're, they're my two main choices. Mm. Um, a couple of honorable mentions I'd like to, to throw in there. Absolutely. Um, Go for it. Already yeah. talked about it before XCOM, UFO Defense. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, just play it. Just play it. Honestly, it's what is is it's hard game ever for me. I've played a lot of games. So I, I play it. If you're not into strategy games, you might not like it. But you, you have to play that game. You have to play it. It's better than the modern reboots. The modern mm -hmm. reboots are great, but play XCOM. Um, mm -hmm. You've got also Duke Nukem 3D, oh, which yeah. is badass. Yes. It's, it's a beautiful, wonderful, badass game. Mm. Um, it's been covered a lot, so I didn't choose that one. Yeah, I had a Mega Drive port too. I had a Mega Drive port, only in Brazil. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> another, another great game. And and I'm gonna so I'm go I'm bloody gutted because I went round to my dad's house and mm. uh, I've got a lot of my old games stored there at the minute. And um I and I've still got the original floppy disks of TIE Fighter. Wow. Um and I was gutted I could not find them. I, I looked everywhere from last night and I was like, oh I couldn't believe it. But I did find my original copy of Baldur's Gate, which I thought... Nah, it's very good. <laughs> I, didn't I, I, I didn't think I'd got this anymore. This, this mm. is the, the... So when you're talking about how yeah. many discs you used to have for oh, it... Oh, yeah. Mm. It were all there. That's fantastic. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> well, that were a nice surprise. I thought I'd thrown that one away. I'd, I'd, I'd got... Um, I knew I'd got the anthology version. Yes. I've got the, an mm -hmm. the anthology version, I, I, but I remember I'd got that. So this is Baldur's Gate. I've probably, between the GOG, Steam, these two, and I've, I've got an anthology version as well, mm -hmm. I've probably bought it about six times in total. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I bought it, I bought a friend a copy as well. Oh, yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so, we, so yes, so uh, so they're my choices anyway, Miss Eileen. Baldur's Gate, they even have a Switch version of it, if I remember correctly now. They they came yeah, out with it on the um, Nintendo Switch. Question to serve you, Raj. If mm. Sir Dan is going to sell that Baldur's Gate, <laughs> how do you think that would run for? That's a good question, yeah. That, that, because I'm the thing about it is... The, the Baldur's Gate uh, Infinity Engine original disc, it, it, it kicked off an entire genre. Uh, it reignited the genre of, 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 of role-playing games that, that are almost tabletop quality. We're talking like it actually did uh, dice rolls in the background and you knew that, that the moves that you had to do were based on the dice rolls that were being done behind. Well, in a way, it's like a dungeon master screen. It was behind the dungeon master screen and you knew that your pickpocket attempt was all going to come down to whether or not your dice roll was going to be good or not. And, you know, uh, it, it, you get, you, you're just, you're just going to have to rely on it. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a tough one to put a price on. Mm. That's an original. So, on one hand, the argument is you can mm. <laughs> you can play this game for because MS DOS games are so easy accessible right now. Yes, mm -hmm. but this is like for a collector out there who mm -hmm. want the original Baldur's Gate. Oh yeah. Um, God, I mean Baldur's Gate. I mean, I saw Baldur's Gate two. Mm. So Baldur's Gate two. I saw someone selling that for like twenty pounds at the last gaming market. That's not like bad. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So in the condition Dan has it, is you probably get maybe twenty thirty for it. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, at the same time, some people you could probably. Uh, it depends on who's bidding or who's going to go for mm. it. You know? mm. I mean, it depends on if you got the special edition, have you got this edition? So yeah, mm -hmm. I would say I it could be. It's such an ambiguity. It could be. It could be anything from ten pound to thirty pound. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, I, I think, like I say, I, I think you're right. I think it'd be in about thirty four bid region. Because mm -hmm. I've got all the boxes and the maps and all that with it as well. It, 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 I just I, I picked that up and I thought when I see it, I didn't expect to see it. I thought, all right, mm -hmm. I, I, that were nice. It was just a nice personal surprise. I didn't think I got it anymore. Mm -hmm. You're one of them moments. Oh, all right, and I won't sell it. That I'm not a I'm not a, a collector or I'm not any profit. I just like you know I I, I bought these games and I like to keep them. And they will always say that could be that could go up to five thousand pounds and I still won't sell it. It's just my thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> now the thing about it is, if somebody came up to me and said, Joel, I have an original sealed boxed copy of the very first Baldur's Gate here. 
I would snap it up. I, the, my my top price for that would probably be two hundred dollars because of the fact that that game, like Dan, has a special significance for me. It, it's it's one of the games that you really can't say you when you first played it. We can it, we, your mind was was overwhelmed by the number of possibilities that you can do, especially I mean, with regard to your main character. Mm -hmm. I, I, to, on Baldur's Gate, right? This is mm -hmm. one of the things that made it so mind blowing for me. You're mm -hmm. spot on. Is the yeah. game itself? The original Baldur's Gate yeah. it, it was a great game at the time. If you play it now, it's it's a, it's a little bit empty. It's a little bit low low level. So I, so mm -hmm. number two number two is still amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the first one I replayed about about six months ago, and you know one of them that that it, I still enjoyed it to a certain degree, but it, but it didn't blow me away like it used to. Mm -hmm. What what particularly blew me away about it at the time was the fact that number one you could import your own portrait so you could yes. literally take a picture of yourselves and your friends mm. and put that on there which I, which uh, that, uh, that <laughs> yeah. was mind-blowing yes you could also record your own voices yeah and i remember getting my mum okay mm. i mean my mum, my mum bless her she she passed away she only passed away a few years after so it was a really special thing for me because I got her to record uh, her voices like, and, uh, and yeah, my mum like she didn't want to do it, and, mm. and my mum was chatting onwards and and, <laughs> and that. And so after she after she passed away, mm. I used to play this game, and I'd get my mum to me, and, and playing games with me like from Beyond the Grave, and it, and it were it were it was it were quite you know that was that that was Beyond Gaming. You know, oh yeah, very mm -hmm. special and beyond gaming. So, mm -hmm. so uh, yeah, yeah, very, very nice memories, mate. Very nice memories. Yes, and very good. Uh, Excellent. All I remember from Baldur's Gate was my. I went to my friend's house and I'm like, "What the hell?" And he kept clicking on it because he had their voice notes in it. So you go into a bar, and the lady will be like, "Who's that queer fellow?" And I'm like, "What is?" Quite the same, man. You know, like, this sort of joke. So there were some really eccentric sort of voices, but you'd laugh at it. <laughs> Yeah, you're queer, you're a queer. That's a bit. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and uh, the old uh, you must gather your party before venturing. No, oh yeah, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the number of times you must gather your party before venturing forth. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, how um, I I can't count how many times that 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 line it came at me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, back to you, Miss Eileen. Go ahead. Thank you, Sir Dan. Those were amazing picks. And to add to Baldur's Gate, I just started playing that one maybe a few months a few months ago when it was on sale. I picked it up. Mm. So, from my perspective, as someone who's new to the game, mm. uh, I needed to get familiar with the like Sir JDM said in the comments. You would need the critical critical twenty to, for somebody to get it off your hand. So I did not understand those criticals and whatever. Ah. So there's like um, some time to needed to take to learn the game first mm -hmm. unlike modern games uh, those older games the older rpgs you needed to like study them first but mm -hmm. the payoff is quite nice when you understand the mechanics and you would really enjoy the game as you well, go then along. i would i would recommend uh that miss eileen get her feet wet with Baldur's Gate. but if you really want to go hardcore see the critical dice rolls and everything you would have to play the gold box series miss eileen oh, yeah. The, yeah. the gold box series like like hills far or curse of the azure bonds or um uh, the, the, yeah the dark knight of crin series things like that you know those are the games that you would like take turn-based moves to and you would really have to like 
get your D&D on <laughs> if you were talking about that. So uh, get get your feet wet with Baldur's Gate. And if you want to delve deeper, I'd say go for the go for the um, the Gold Box series, Miss Eileen. Like I talked about in one of my previous videos, and and I still I still have to and I still have a beef with Dan about that because he made me choose my favorite <laughs> my favorite <laughs> games from way back when. Anyway, <laughs> is it Miss Eileen? Is it is it the first Baldur's Gate game that you're playing? Mm. Yes, it is one. the first one. Well, mate, I mean, it's a like I say, it's a goodish game. It's it, there's, a, there's there's enough to enjoy. But the second entry is a, is, a, is a different class. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have to say, it is it's very much you are now playing the appetizer for the main course. The main course, the second one, is, is fantastic. And, and obviously, they've just re- released Baldur's Gate three, which I've not played it yet, but I should imagine takes it to a, a totally different level. So, whatever you do, play Baldur's Gate two because it is Thank it you is for the scale. Never have finished the first game, so I can get to the second one already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for that. <laughs> so thank you very much, Sir Dan, for your games. Um, I'd like to jump onto mine before moving on to others. Um, so I would like to know: Has anybody here played Dangerous Dave Two? Dangerous, Dangerous Dave in the Haunted Mansion. Mm, no. no. So it's a 1991 platformer game uh, developed by id Software. So you know id Software, makers of Wolfenstein, Doom, Quake. So in this game. You play as Dave, and your mission is to save your brother. For some reason, they named him Delbert. Dave's Delbert. brother is Delbert. Okay. So, quite inter- an interesting choice for a name. Uh, anyhow, so his brother is lost in this haunted mansion. So as you see there, you fight ghouls and um, the undead. Oh, poor guy. Poor Dave. <laughs> right off the bat, one of the first things that you see is him dying from from having a slime jump on him and melting him to the to a puddle of Wait. goo. Okay, that is funny. Why is Dos, this on Dave's deaths? Boss games are, are hilarious. They are brutal too. <laughs> Why is this clip all of Dave's deaths? Oh my so, goodness. There he goes again. Oh, boom. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost comes up to me and strips his flesh from his bones. What? Now that is amazing. <laughs> so just there, are those spiders as big as those? They're in Australia. Oh my goodness. <laughs> a, a ball of fire comes up to Dave and gulfs him and he's done. He's he, Nothing is left except charred bones. That is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> it's quite uh, morbid for a 2D mm. game. Mm-hmm. From all what we've seen, so... There you fight um, zombies. Then there's a hunchback who throws knives. There, there. That's m- one of the most annoying things there. It's so a platformer game. It reminds me of Commander Keen a little bit, actually. Indeed, yeah. very much like Commander Keen. Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder if they're. Oh no, that's a different developer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's the zombie. There's you saw earlier the huge Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and there was the big boss there. I haven't gone to that stage yet because. One thing about this game is it's quite difficult. Mm, and it looks I like remember it is. Yeah. it is. So if you see there, you have eight shots or eight shells for your shotgun. Mm-hmm. And it's unlimited ammo, but you have to like stand idle first to reload. It's automatic reload. I see. And okay. it's quite... Uh, the, oh, what is, wow, there's a secret passage there. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a little bit there. So in this game, um, what else? You have to progress in each level and find an exit so you can move on to the next level. What I Man, like this about looks this like game, fun. Is, I'm gonna have to play so this. Much, <laughs> it is so much fun. And 
It's on sale on GOG right now if anybody's uh, interested. Uh, right oh, after this he episode, I'm headed over athlete, there. Oh, he actually stops to reload. Uh, yes, he stops yeah. to reload. And I, I, I presume that you're vulnerable during those moments that, he ha- that you're reloading your shotgun. True. So you have to really uh, time your shots and your reloads. Ah, oh, there's the Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, this game, it's not really like horror, but it's more like. It's horror themed. It's horror themed. Yes, yes, but it's hard something because when you encounter the enemies, it's like near miss, and it's a huge relief when you get to kill them. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I thought I was gonna die. Okay. Something like that. So it's yeah. difficult. Uh, the gameplay is quite easy. You just jump, shoot, and kill. The controls are simple. Control out space and arrow keys so it's okay. a feature of old games it's oh, uh, I, have, I, have, I have to readjust my thinking i mean i've so gotten so used to uh to joystick controls console controls nowadays especially with platformers I, I'm, I'm this i'm gonna have to readjust my brain again to <laughs> to to doing the the, the keyboard uh, controls but it looks like a ton of fun you're shooting you're shooting zombies you're shooting quasimodos you're shooting werewolves you're shooting ghosts you're shooting everything <laughs> and it looks like a lot of fun it's tons of fun and um what you call this you have to really be skillful in this because sometimes you have to time and be accurate with your jumps mm-hmm. and you also uh, what you call this have to evade your enemies mm-hmm. very skillfully like, see there they punch they chase you and there are like the ghosts you cannot shoot them at first sight you have to like wait until they freeze or something so there are Oh, like, there's mechanics you have to learn and killing the movements. them. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have to learn the movements of your enemy so you can evade them. And the werewolf is quite tricky because they're fast, but they actually jump on over you. Mm-hmm. And like uh, Sir Joel said earlier, it seems like fun. What also makes it fun is there's no sand in the clip here, but if there are sands when you play, mm-hmm. uh, there's the classic DOS sound. I cannot describe it <laughs> really without mm-hmm. the sound, but... The bleeping and the blooping, then okay. Yes, the bleeping the and blooping. And okay. <laughs> it's like every shot you make is very cathartic because mm-hmm. like that. I <laughs> see. Okay. Yes, it's very cathartic when you play it with the sounds on. So I, what I I do not that's a, yes. that's one thing that's actually been we've been neglecting to mention. The fact is, sound in yes. in computer games has been a relatively recent development. I mean, yeah, sure, we had the Sound Blaster back then. We had the Roland Sound Card. We had the Yamaha Sound Card. Uh, we had the Ad Lib Sound Card. But all of these sound cards that produce realistic sounds they're relatively recent compared to DOS games. DOS games we had to endure a lot of old school. Beeps, yes. boops, bleeps, and 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 this, uh, prolonged uh, screeching sounds that we had to just use our imaginations to use to to enjoy the sounds in our brains or in our to to really enjoy it. Some it, some of some of us who were unlucky enough to have no sound. There you go. There. We're, we're, <laughs> there you go. We're talking about those kinds of sounds. Some of us who did not have the the good fortune to have actual sound cards and video cards back then had to endure sounds like this this these were the sounds of dos games these were the, this was the sound of your dos game while you're playing it but we enjoyed it anyway so yeah we, we that's getting going back to you miss Eileen. there you go oh, by so. the way i want to point out uh i remember sir Jolie said earlier about roland the music the sounds mm. i remember not understanding 
setting up this audio back then and I always choose Sound Blaster Pro. <laughs> oh, an, ex- <laughs> an extremely relevant question here from Raymond Dorendes, one of our co-panelists who oh. sadly could not make it today. Question for Miss Eileen. Why do you love DOS games? What is that it thing for it? What is the thing that draws you to DOS games? What is the thing that makes DOS games so unique? And uh, appealing for you. I mean, considering your your relatively young age compared to me, what is it that draws you to DOS games? Well, thank you for that question, Sir Raymond. I would say that what draws me to DOS games is maybe the art form. It's something I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as many of you know, or some of you know, I love drawing. So maybe the two D. A colorful uh, environment appeals to me. I think the so. The artistry of it, the artistry yeah. of it. Then. I see. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yes, that's true. It it shows the effort of the artist. Show like the 2D artwork, the the, the computer graphics, the pixels, and everything. It's not yes. 3D rendered, 3D rendered polygons or anything that like that. It's the artwork that that appeals to you. That's very respectable. Good choice. Good choice on that one. Okay. I have so that was. Say, I, actually, I guess. All right. So that was your first game. What's your second game, Miss Eileen? Yeah. My second game would be. <laughs> I'm just laughing at Sirimut. For me, Universe is a god. Okay. Uh, like so yeah. Uh, it's a Miss Universe beauty pageant <laughs> kind of answer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the. All right. Time. <laughs> World peace. Um, uh, a quick shout out to Sir Dave Scott and Sir yes. Jomar who just landed to Chicago after his trip to the Philippines a while back, mm-hmm. and uh, also to Jake Belmont and Sir Eugene Carlo and Dasan. Yes, Eugene Carlo and Dasan. It's great to see you, Eugene. I'm very, very happy that you're here. Um, welcome to the podcast and. Joe Mar says, "If you see the games I used to play on DOS, you will not like the art." Hmm. Okay, well, well, well it's, we'll have to have a look at those then. Oh, Joe Mar, yeah, I mean, I played the DOS. I, I played the DOS game recently, and I like the art. Oh, but then again, the DOS game that you played was <laughs> anyway. Well, that's a discussion for for Timeless uh, Gamer Show after after hours. <laughs> we'll do the after hours I mean, podcast. You know, okay, you guys know what I mean. Yes, we'll do the we'll do the after midnight <laughs> podcast. Okay. Anyway, yeah. continue, Miss Ali. What's your second game of choice? So my second game of choice would be Doctor Riptide. I actually had difficulty oh, yeah. choosing my second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually supposed to be flashback. If anybody been flashback. know what oh, flashback is, really good choice. Yes. But that was ported into other systems, so mm-hmm. I chose Doctor Riptide instead because it's solely on the DOS system. Okay. So, Doctor Riptide was released in 1994 by Mindstorm Software, and it's a side-scrolling shooter. You play as Nick, secret naval agent, mm-hmm. so kind of like NCIS, I think, mm-hmm. whose mission okay. is to find and stop Doctor Riptide from his evil plans of turning marine life into canned tuna for some reason. So I mean, you are, mm-hmm. yes. You gotta. Somebody's <laughs> gotta feed the people, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Doctor Riptide wants to turn everything into canned fish. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you see there, it's such a fun game because you play as Nick in the submarine, but you have there Jason. That's mm-hmm. a smaller submarine where you get into smaller spaces, tighter spaces, where you uh, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, turn on switches so Nick, the bigger submarine, can could get into the other parts of the stage. So what I like about this game is again the art style. It's something mm-hmm. I grew up with. The funny thing here is that I did not play this at home. 
I just got to play this maybe occasionally when we uh, went to the province to my uncle's place. Mm-hmm. So I played this on my uncle's computer, and just from those uh, small or maybe short moments, this game drew me already. So mm-hmm. this had a big impact already in that short time that I was able to play it. Nice. So as an adult, I'd like to go back into this game and actually finish it because it's so cute. <laughs> it's very colorful. Looking at the, yes. the video right now, for all of those who are in the audio portion of the podcast, compared to earlier, uh, to Miss Eileen's choice earlier of Dangerous Dave, which had a relatively limited color palette, it looked like it. A lot of a lot of grays, a lot of a uh, lot of browns. This one is ex- very colorful. It's got vibrant hues, vibrant yellows, vibrant vibrant blues and reds. It really pops out. And yeah. it's very visually appealing. I would say for, for uh, it would really make a kid want to try playing this game. And uh, so I can see here um, there's a there's some a uh, couple of gauges here, air and shield, and there yeah. this uh, there, and like there's a small pod right beside mm-hmm. you. I'm guessing your option. So, yes, <laughs> your option. You're talking that. gradius style, then. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 re- that's um that's the part of the gameplay I guess is the fact that you have to manage your air it looks like it and yeah. your shield because you can get destroyed by taking damage so as yeah. a submarine I-, I presume that you're gonna have to go up for air every now and then and refill that or else whoever it is who's piloting that submarine is going to kick the bucket then yes you have to go to the surface to get air and there are shields everywhere in the stage and like Contra they're actually there there are power ups mm. like Contra. Oh, power so up! Cool. Yes, there are shields and power ups. Not ammunition, but maybe uh, different styles of firing. Mm-hmm. So at, in this stage, there's no surface yet. But you go into the next stage. I hope there is a surface where he could get more air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what and... I like about this game is there's the option to switch to the smaller submarine. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's an innovative thing back then. It is actually. I, I don't yeah. recall many. I don't recall many games having that kind of mechanic where you have a smaller uh, companion that you can control as as you as you move to different stages for you to be able to. Uh, I, I guess the the, the the closest one is the Lost Vikings. I guess when you stop and when you stop and remember the Lost Vikings, it's an old. Um, I think Blizzard game. I could be wrong on that one, but yeah, the Lost Vikings, which is also a DOS game, if I remember correctly. You know yeah. what? Uh, it, it is so brave for Miss mm. Eileen to be talking about this kind of game. Mm. Uh, it's just too soon to talk about the the, the Titanic submersible. <laughs> <laughs> nah, oh, I was thinking was... about that earlier. <laughs> the, the Titanic because, thing. I mean... Because when you run out of shield or air. Hmm. Talking about talking about managing your air and shield. Yeah, I mean, heck, they were dumbasses anyway. I I seem I seem to recall that the the discussion there was that if they were warned that it was going to be dangerous for them to do that, and they went anyway. So, and using an and using an actual cheap ass Logitech controller. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a terrible choice all around. But that that yeah, that's a title like a that... DOS controller, like a DOS more keyboard. More money than sense, isn't it? More money than sense. That's what that was. More money that's than sense. Very true. Right. It's sad that the people die, so may they rest in it. Oh, yeah. sorry, Dan. I think your your voice voice is muted. Sorry muted, about that. Dan, muted. I said if if they used a Sega six ball controller, they'd have been all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of a chance, yeah. Well, yeah. Extra buttons that make was... all the difference, man. One one was breathe, mm. and one was 
Ascend. Ascend and breathe. That's what the Miss has. My goodness. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, I forgot to mention Miss Eileen. What was the title of that one? That submarine game that you mentioned? Uh... In search of Doctor Riptide. In search of Doctor Riptide. Uh, for those of you who are listening in and watching the live podcast right now, we will do our very best to list down all of the games that we've been talking about, all of these DOS games that look like they're amazing to play onto our onto our chats in the Timeless Gamer Show Facebook page, and maybe even maybe even our, in our YouTube channel as well, so that you guys, when you when you look back, you'll be able to search for these games and play them. So. And that's the danger of having Miss Eileen show up in our show. She shows up with such amazing lesser-known games that you have to want to try. You have to try them out. And I'm each one of these, each one of Miss Eileen's recommendations. I am going to go and get copies of them uh, right after this podcast, and I'm going to play through them. And it, it's, it, it's a danger to that one. So Sorry, that Brad, is but... in search of Doctor Riptide. In search of Doctor Riptide. The graphics of like Fisher Price make. Mm, yeah, and that's <laughs> wonderful. I love that. <laughs> Five-year-old drew it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it takes talent to make your work look like it was drawn by a five-year-old. <laughs> or the or that person never really grew up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. Two choices, Miss Eileen. Extremely good choices, if you ask me. And uh, do you have a runner-up? Oh, I have notable mentions, but I will not go into depth because mm-hmm. if I could just list all of the games I have played before, we would run out of time. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, yes. Uh, some of my notable mentions is, like I mentioned earlier, Flashback. It's a platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, you could buy that on GOG and Steam. There is the... Oh, Dan is showing his actual copy of Flashback. They, oh, good choice, good choice. Awesome, Flashback. Mm. So it's on Georgie and Steam, the old 1992 version. <clears throat> and there's actually a modern remaster of some kind, but I prefer cool. the old one. Yes. Uh, second cool. is Wolfenstein's 3D. Wolfenstein's 3D. Yes. Excellent choice. I always love knocking on the walls to see if there's any secret door. And <laughs> every then single the inch. Every single inch of that whole place, you just knock on the on the, on the the walls to make oh, sure God. that there's no secret <laughs> <laughs> All right, good choice, Miss Eileen. All right, continue. And then third is sorry, I have five. So third is Jill of the Jungle. It's also a platformer. Mm, it okay. was uh, for free on GOG for some time in the past. There, mm. It's a trilogy, and it's a it's like a Jill of the Jungle platformer. Mm. Yeah. You have you throw knives and whatever, and that's it. So it's a fun game, fun platform. And my fourth one is Mario Teaches Typing. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Yes. <laughs> I, I what? Learned, I, what? Mario Teaches Mar- Typing. Mario Teaches Typing. Yes, exactly. That's no, how Miss Ailey learned to touch type and not, you know. I yes. don't need to look up the keyboard anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, so this Italian stereotype teaches me how to type. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's Italian it's fun because there are no stages there. Mm. Now, the thing about it is, Mario teaches typing is a very valid way to learn typing. I, I, again, like I mentioned, back in college, I had typing classes on actual uh, uh, Underwood typewriters. So, Mario teaches typing was a very valid way to learn touch typing because honestly, hey, I mean, that because you're a plumber doesn't mean you're not computer literate. Mario is <laughs> has so many professions. He's not just a typing teacher. He's also a doctor. He's also a, you know, he a doctor. <laughs> he, he, he's like he's almost like Barbie in that sense. He has so many <laughs> professions. 
Yeah. All right. Excellent choices, Maya, Miss Eileen. Best very, one very good before, before we move on, uh, Sokoban, mm. if anybody knows that Sokoban, puzzle yes. game. Mm-hmm. I love pushing those boxes into the places. Yeah. The X mark. Mm-hmm. Yes. So those are my, well, picks. Honorable mentions. All right. Yes, honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to, how about you, Sir Joel? What are your dust picks? Oh my gosh! Okay, before anything, before before anything else, for those of you who are interested in trying all these amazing DOS games, they are a lot of them are freely available to play right now, particularly in a place called the Internet Archive. You just Google the Internet Archive, look for uh, the DOS games arc of the DOS game section, and the, there are close to I think four thousand classic old school DOS DOS games that you can play right in your browser. It is mind-blowing for somebody like me who used to struggle to go to a place called Brochier in Green Hills in Metro Manila for me to be able to copy all of these floppy disks, for me to be able to bring home, for me to be able to play all of these games. I had to spend to copy the the, the non-legitimate games for me to be able to play them at home. So it's just... all you need to do is just boot it up, go to Internet Archive, go look, look for the DOS game section, uh, and you'll be able there. to play them in your oh, browser. Yes, Raj. I've literally just done what you said. I can see it now. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, like a kid in a candy store. Like, but the problem is, it's like Netflix. It's like, what do I want to watch? There's so yes. many of you, you get choice paralysis. That's I mean, why we're here, it? To tell mm-hmm. people what to play. That's what this mm-hmm. is about. <laughs> you get, you, I mean, I think there's a, sort, there's a sorting method to it so that you can actually find which ones yes, are most played. Yes, published mm-hmm. by title, creator. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's it. going to be a great thing. I, I would recommend for those of you who are who want to delve into DOS gaming to sort it by most played and, you know, try the most popular ones and then slowly go into the lesser known ones. I would say the the most popular ones, you know, the, the usual Castle Wolfenstein, uh, Doom. Uh, the big names might not be there, but the lesser the lesser known oh, ones. Good, good that. <laughs> oh, is it? Very cool. You, I definitely try out Doom. <laughs> the first game is recommended. Doom Two. Really? Very cool. Very cool. And I'm, I'm I'm constantly amazed by that. You know, uh, games like Civilization. Uh, the top stuff. Wolfenstein Three. Is there all the big games like FPS, like Doom? Was, Doom is rated like known. Like, I, don't know, we, I didn't mention it because I, I know someone's gonna mm. it before anyway. That was like uh-huh. a big deal when it came out. It's, it's mm-hmm. the number one MS DOS game because it's yes, so there you- it, it's really, it's really like you said. It's a kid in a candy store, and if I didn't have this crippling addiction to buying uh, bargain, bargain DOS, uh, bargain, bargain new game for for new consoles, I would just be happy with playing all of these classic DOS games on Internet Archive. And of course, let's not forget GOG, who do their very best for classic game preservation by making sure all of these old games are available to a modern audience. But I digress. So if Miss Eileen is asking me what my favorite DOS games are. My 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 first question is how many hours is this podcast? Because we can easily do what five to ten hours of me relating my favorite DOS games. But I I, I will limit myself to uh, the, the 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 ones that I played that were educational because it's something that I it was that formative time of playing DOS games for me that it's not just the arcade the action the adventure and everything. 
DOS mm-hmm. games help you learn stuff. So my very first DOS game that I'm going to put out is called The Incredible Machine. For those of you who are not familiar with it, The Incredible Machine is a game where you where you build where you are given objectives to build machines for you to be able to um, for you to be able to accomplish tasks like pushing a ball forward into a hole, like getting a ch- uh, mouse to be able to reach into ch- uh, to reach cheese. Let me see if I can uh, let me see if I can share my screen for this one. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let me just present it so that there's a little bit of uh, visual context uh, and hopefully the what you call this the the my my machine is able to is able to uh, show it. So um, there you go. So the Incredible Machine is a game where you build uh, where you build these little. Ah oh, shoot! Uh, my 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 machine just isn't able able to do this. So, isn't is you build these machines for you to be able to accomplish tasks. So the task might be to get the ball into the hole. So you're given these things like um, bellows, you're given uh, scissors, you're given balloons. It's what you call a Rube Goldberg machine. And you build these machines for you to be able to get all of these things running, for you to be able to accomplish that goal. So get the piece of cheese to the mouse, get the get the the trampoline to bounce that ball up to a certain level and things like that. It, it had close to 150 stages, if I remember correctly. So you built, uh, it, it was educational in the sense that it, it taught you lateral thinking it's it's for lack of a better term it's a way for you to be able to uh think around corners because of the fact that all of these all of these puzzles were taught it's almost like making your homework fun your workshop homework fun because of the fact that when you're at school and you're given homework you say i don't want to do this but you know when you're doing it as a game at home you are you see like like the, the uh, a ball touches a, a spring loaded glove and the glove punches forward so it it's it you construct machines that allow you to accomplish tasks and it, it's kind of hard to describe because of the fact that you have to be there for you to be able to play it punch uh, the glove punches the, the bowling ball the bowling ball goes forward lands on the seesaw the seesaw pushes uh bumps the ball upwards and it's in the end of it it's uh, it's to to borrow from Hannibal of Hannibal Smith of the A team i love it when a plan comes together so if you build that machine and you you do it all well you are going to be able to see the machine execute your your um your commands almost like a programming thing actually it also kind of helps you think in a programming way for you to be able to accomplish a task at the very end so in this case you see a basketball rolling down a hill and you have a certain number of um trampolines for the basketball to be able to reach a hoop uh, at the right side of the uh, at the right side of the screen each bounce of the basketball bounces it higher from the top of the tra- from from the tam- trampoline next to it so it's really it really help makes you think about your the way that you're going to be constructing a machine it doesn't sound fun the way i'm describing it but once you get into it it's a ton of fun you can spend hours and hours playing it and it it's 
it's just the very first of a series of games. The Incredible Machine 1, 2, and 3 are all available on GOG.com. There's also the Incredible Tune Machine, which is a derivative of it, but it uses cartoon physics this time. So like, you know, uh, Tom and Jerry type of cartoon physics, like slamming a, a frying pan on somebody's head and, and you know, making a dent so that that dent is, is usable for something else. And there's a modern version of it called Contraptions. So if you want a modern take on it, you can look at, look for it in the Steam store or on the G store. So that is my first choice of game. The Incredible Machine, it might not be as it might not be as graphically intense or appealing as a lot of other games that have been mentioned here like Doom or 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 Wolfenstein or or Flashback or Out of This World, but this game made me spend hours upon hours playing it uh, playing it in my computer and it was it was just it it was a learning experience as well so that is my first game of choice the incredible the incredible machine uh on interesting. yes miss miss eileen what was that that actually looks interesting it does i would yes. love to try that game because it's like the colors are bright and mm-hmm. it really captures your attention Mm. And all I could think of is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> yes, very true. Right? Yes. Almost Sesame Street-esque or, or the electric company-esque in, in its... In its um, <clears throat> in its pre- in its presentation, honestly, it it's yeah. it teaches you uh, cause and effect. It teaches you cause and effect. It teaches you that there are consequences to the way that you place the things around the screen. And once you press the play button, the the machine activates. Everything is realistic. There's gravity. There's uh, fire effects. There's well, not not realistic in terms of how it looks, but how it behaves. How it behaves. The animation the animation really it will teach you that if you place something in a particular way it will act a certain way so you will learn uh how to construct and try to solve problems so that is my first game of choice the incredible machine so uh let me just um let me see uh what my second choice of 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 game will be let me just uh end this the second choice uh this was suggested by the missus actually to me because she played it and i remember i played a lot of it when i was young too it's a game called where in time is carmen san diego yes where in time is carmen san diego is an educational game uh let me just see i i don't think i have a uh, i don't think i have a um what you call this uh, uh i don't think i have a video available of it jo- if you if you can Armin put it up um, on the screen for me it would be most helpful but yeah um the where in time in carmen san diego is a dos game where you are where playing in, as an investigative, in uh, an investigative agent is given a chronometer or a chrono uh, a chrono machine where you can travel back and forth in time and you're allotted a certain number of hours for you to be able to catch criminals who keep stealing stuff from all across time so one criminal might be stealing a taiko drum from japan in 1600 or uh, another criminal might be stealing the mona lisa from italy uh, at, uh during during the during the certain, the certain time period um, uh, criminal might even be stealing uh, an entire brachiosaurus from the from the cretaceous period who knows but the fact is you are an agent a time agent 
task to look for all of these all of these um, uh, evildoers, and you have to track them down you, from clues based on all the different uh, all the different clues left over for all the different time periods. You get to try, and you're allotted I think 35 hours per time, and that's your that's your that's your limit. You can only you can only um, what's the right word for it? You can only avail of your time machine with a certain number of a uh, certain number of hours that you're allotted, and you have to look for all of these all of these um, criminals. Uh, th- this might be the modern version of it, Joe. Where in time is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. But yes, the fact is, each each place that the criminal escapes to, he leaves a clue, and it is based on geography. It is based on time, history, and it is. Uh, you have to gather all of these clues. Like, is was the criminal a male? Was the criminal a? Uh, was the criminal? Did the criminal have blue eyes? Did the criminal like um, a, 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 a War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy? So you have to put all of that into dossier for you to be able for you to be able to issue an, an, an arrest warrant. Because if you caught the wrong guy, your mission was a failure and you lost points for you to, before you before you um, before uh, before you have to go back to time agency. So in a way, this was my way of learning all about history because and geography. So where in time is Carmen Sandiego? Is uh, is a game that I would highly recommend for those of you who might be looking for a game to play with your little ones and for you to be able to teach them all about these various interesting things about history because it's a it's a jumping off point. It's not a, an in-depth way to learn about history, but you can talk about uh, the one the one that Joy is showing right now is where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, which is also a very good a very good PC game for you to be able to help teach your kid about geography. There's where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, where in time is Carmen Sandiego, and if I remember correctly, where in where in the galaxy is Carmen Sandiego, where you learned about all the planets and the solar system and all the all the celestial bodies and everything. You track criminals going to all these different places where they leave clues, and you have to learn about all these things about these criminals for you to be able to get um, uh, arrest warrants issued for you to be able to capture them. It's a great series. It's a great way to learn about about geography and history and everything. So I would honestly say it's a good way to, it's a good game to play with your kids. So those are my top two choices, The Incredible Machine and Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. So I might yeah, I think, my, I think, I think runner I this, yeah. as as, as a, if I can mention them very quickly is a game called Strife, which is a first-person shooter with a very good uh, storyline to it. Um, Karateka or Karateka, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced, uh, but it's by it's by Jordan Meshner, the same guy who did Prince of Persia. I, I absolutely loved how the motion capture feels like in the in Jordan Meshner games. So Karateka, uh, Prince of Persia, might as well toss that in there. And I mean, might as well go sideways, Leisure Suit Larry, because <laughs> it was one of the things that really that really got people interested in PC gaming way back when. So those are my choices, Miss Eileen. Back to you. Thank you so much, Joel. I just want oh, to point I out. I think you're, you've, oh. got, you've got yourself on, on mute. There you go. There, am I? You can you're hear fine. me now? Huh, still, uh, we we we, we still don't have uh, audio coming from Miss Eileen. <clears throat> uh, we could be funny. we could be experiencing a little bit of uh, a little bit of technicals here. How about you, Viraj? Uh, can you hear? Me. Can you hear me? I can hear, I can hear both of you. Yeah, weird. I think I think even Viraj's Viraj's voice is uh, is not coming in. Can you? Is it you? Is it, I don't know. Is it there? Oh, that is weird. Okay. Uh, Joe, uh, could you, you could you check if, if I'm being heard right uh, now? Miss Eileen is okay. Sir Viraj is okay. You're okay. I think it's Sir Joe. 
Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Uh, weird. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it could just be me. You guys continue. <laughs> okay. Go on, Miss Ali. Thank you, Sir Joel. Uh, I want to point out how interesting that DOS games were a lot of fun, but also educational. That's one thing I noticed with old games. They're quite educational and it's something maybe we're missing in these days. It's so fun how children learned back then with games. So uh, I'd like to move on to Sir Jock with his game, DOS game pick. Are, are we you... seriously Are we seriously going to talk, ma- talk about Are we game? or not? <laughs> or are we going to play that? No. I'll move on to Sir Viraj. <laughs> We can go Let's go with Sorry, Raj first. Old Foggy me just, you know, forgot that these Opera tabs have mute buttons. Oh, so oh, I guess okay. I accidentally clicked on it. Anyway. Okay. So, um, I, I mean, I already mentioned Jurassic Park and I've also mentioned, um, you know, following on what Sodan was saying with his Adventure Island when I mentioned Discworld and Toonstruck. So there's the point of adventure. Um, there's this other game that I really enjoyed. It was a, it was a top-down adventure sort of isometric game called um, yes. Little, Big, Little Big Adventure. A Little Big Adventure. Nice. Twinsons, Twinsons Odyssey, if I remember correctly. Yes, good know, choice. You know what I'm talking about. And there was a little bit of adventure too, as well, which I think was so much better than the first one. Yeah. Yes, it is. So much better. Both of those games, gold, and basically it's set in a world galaxy far, far away where your well, twin sun is the name of the planet and the mm. character Twin Sen. Yeah, yes. You have your, your, yeah, and obviously he's been locked up. Well, he's up. There's a guy who's after him, basically. And, um, there you go. Oh, I so, uh, it, but you you know you have to go on an adventure, and obviously it's it's huge. There's there's like four different races on this world, and you're one of them, as I remember. Then EA when they weren't even. Um, <laughs> there you have it. Look at that CGI. Look at early CGI. Look how beautiful. I mean, that was amazing for me. So look, at these look at these Look at graphics. Look at that. Look how lovely and round and, and colourful. Yes, honestly, the thing about the thing about uh, the, the, the little big adventure is the fact that. The, the artwork is very yeah the, the, they've rounded out the edges it's mm. it's an amazing way of seeing it really mm-hmm. so, uh, it, it was a very immersive game and you're like okay let's go around let's talk to these NPCs and all this and it's like you're just going going through the game and just going through etc and then the little things you have to do like actions or whatever we had to throw a grenade off something or something you have to throw something little things like that I'm, I, I'm trying to remember now because it was so long the ago the bouncy ball <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Chuck it, hey, that's it. And you get the point. You get the point. So little things like that. And, and I love the animation and, and all that. It was, it was really fun um, as a game to play. Um, so Little Big Adventures is, is a game that made... And you made a point. This is to do with the earlier point with where in time in San Diego. It made you think. As a young person, it was a thinking game. But yes. Adolf, the yes, problem, yes. The problem-solving game. It wasn't like just let's shoot the communists in or yes. in, in control or whatever I mean there, there's skill games out there though, on the Mega Drive whereas this a lot of the DOS games that had a lot more memory which obviously Mega Drive did or, or Super Nintendo was a disc based game so you could put lots of um, and you know obviously you got the graphical animated programming but also a lot more dialogue a lot more story make the game bigger get multiple discs etc um, I believe that my one had a CD-ROM so again so much more memory um, and, and this was amazing, you know, that when it came out. And it, you know, here we go, we've got some problem solving we have to do. So it was a problem solving exercise, but you felt invested in it because you wanted to follow the story and you want to see what happened. Mm. Um, yeah, and what I find interesting about that time when the MS DOS games were there, and, and this is another point I want to touch on a lot, a lot of these MS DOS games, some of them did get ported. So you say, Where in Time is Carmen Sandio, that got a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes. Um, 
Flashback, which was mentioned earlier, Mega Drive and Super Nintendo port. Some of these games did get ported to consoles because they were that good. They were that yes. good. They could water it down. Or the MS-DOS version was, was better because it might have had the better color palette, shall we say, mm-hmm. that the computer would let you have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this game sadly didn't get any console ports. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but again, I think Secret, I mentioned Secret Monkey Island. It had a Sega CD port. It would be nice if this was on Sega CD. I think that Sega CD would have been a good format for a lot of MS-DOS games. Mm-hmm. But sadly, you know, I, I think they were trying to do their own thing and they didn't want to just be like a system for, for MS-DOS port. But you know, going back to the whole issue, the whole point with this particular game, LDA, as I used to call it, um, you know, you have to sort of, you know, sort of solve the puzzles. You know, take that this Dr. Funfrock who, who's trying to lock you up in some mental asylum. And uh, and you know win the game and that was really good. Number two, I never completed, but I know it's a better game. I know it's mm-hmm. a better. Game. I, I love I love these. Um, mm-hmm. And you can spend hours playing at these things, and you can just pick up and play. Like when I was, I'd like leave it at a certain point. I'd go back, I'd go to school, and, and I loved it. So there you go. I guess it's the I guess it's the fact that the they bare they kept it to the bare minimum in terms of simplicity and design in terms mm-hmm. of what works the best, and that's why it's not it's not the the thing that. You know, like you mentioned, Viraj, it's something that you put down in the week later, you come back and say, what the heck was I doing? How am I supposed to control this again? You know, it's one of the things that re- that really made DOS games stand out. The fact that you, it was simple enough that it, it was simple enough that you, it was stripped to the very essence of fun. It was stripped to the very essence of fun, where when you came back to it, it wasn't going to be a problem because you had so much fun with it the first time that you were going to it, that you were playing with it, and you would come back to it and you remember it very, very well because you had that much enjoyment that you derived that much enjoyment out of it. So yeah. that's my personal opinion on. Oh, I completely got two couple more runner-ups. I, I I might have neglected to mention earlier, Miss Eileen, uh, Magic Carpet and Descent. Yes. You know, like the the flight flying kind of moving around uh, games. That one, that one, those ones I enjoyed as well. Again, I could sit here and talk about DOS games forever, <laughs> and and it's just because of the fact that DOS games are that uh, are uh, really push the envelope in terms of how how much fun they would give you mm. in such in as small a size as possible, yeah. and how creative it can get with mm. it's the way that it gives it. And and the many facets. Uh, mm. It wasn't just one gameplay. Facet yes. Game. Very true. I mean, I, I mentioned this game. It's called um, it's called Entombed. Is it? It's mm. a game. I don't know if you know about yes. Entombed. Where you, I think where I think tomb. I remember that one. Yeah. You're just a normal guy, and you fall down into this tomb, and you mm. and this tomb is full of death traps, and you have to solve puzzles and how to get out of this. So you're entombed, you need to get out. And it'll be like, okay, you got to walk around. It's a point and click thing, but mm. when you solve the puzzle, you get like I don't know, like like rune stones or whatever and you have to do this this and this and then you get another puzzle which was different and then you have to get through here and here and there'd be a, the gameplay mechanic would change up so obviously you got got stuff like doom which is like a you know, first person shoot everyone loved it and that was just yes. one gameplay facet mm-hmm. but this thing games like entombed you know lba tune strike you know point and click there were little mini games in there it changed things up it kept you engaged like oh what happens next so i think for me dos games right when i think of dos games i think it opened the doors to saying a video game doesn't have to have one gameplay style element. Yes. Just one genre. You can make it bigger. You can in, 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 increase the games were getting bigger and bigger. And mm. MS DOS games were offered the because console games weren't like one thing that Dan Dan and I talk about, which we mm. love, 
is console games are great because they were short and you can just pick up, play, get, and finish it. But if you want something much more engaging, something mm-hmm. more depth, which yeah. is obviously cross games were the precursor to PC gaming anyway, mm-hmm. and this is what we're get, we're getting there. If you wanted something more, that would you get more bang for your buck, more that you know more. That was it, you know, and mm. you had better graphics and sound every year. You know, as, as Windows computers were getting better and better, and they mm. were getting better equipped with the with the revolution of processors, Pentium, Pentium two, Pentium three. That that era, you had some of the better stuff coming out, and I think there's something really special about that art form, and it's not talked about. You know, these games have been forgotten to time. It's abandonware. That's why you say it's on archive.org. You know, so you can find the games that's there. We have a message here from Michael Quintana who says, first DOS game, that Mario Versus with that POW button on a black and white monitor. Okay, Mike, it's great to see you. Really good choice on that one, Mike. No, yeah, yeah, I have to admit, oh, although, although let, me, let me counter you on that one, Faraj. It didn't have to be as complicated as, as, it, as it needed to be because mm-hmm. as, as we saw in a previous episode that you guys held that I wasn't able to attend, sadly, Tetris really came out on pc and it was as simple as it could be but it was extremely addictive and it came out with so many varieties like like hat tris word tris block out where that actually was a 3d version of tetris where you could get you're looking down the well and you're kind of moving the moving the Mega Drive game as well yes. there you go exactly then they must have made bulletproof software must have made a lot of money getting the rights to tetris nintendo afterwards and mm. the rights for tetris are all over the pc one was actually made by Mirasoft, which is defunct. Mm. But there's so it's... many ways you can play the, the, the Tetris game. But you're right, it didn't have to be complex. Mm. I, would, I would make a point that during the, the primitive years of the 80s, not that I yes. lived through it, I was, I was infant, mm. it was the late part of it. <laughs> the, game, the games were getting better, but there were there were mm. MS-DOS games, which were RPGs, that were oh, yes. Sierra Games created one, but I forget the name of the game. Mm. They actually showcased it on the high score doc- documentary on Netflix, and I watched it. Mm-hmm. It was actually it used like the most basic graphics, you know, like vector graphics in there. It was yes. an RPG exploration game, and mm-hmm. you can have a lot of depth with a game, even though the graphics are primitive, and that's what MS DOS allowed you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, it allowed you to explore a lot more deeper de- depth in, in games in terms of simulation genres and point and click adventure games that you wouldn't really ever expect to see on consoles. Because of memory restraints, that were locked to the cartridges of those console games. So, very true. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll say that the, the, as time had gone on with graphics getting better, MS DOS was like a, a good way. And I would say, what, okay, once you've got over the cost of buying that expensive computer, there's mm-hmm. an affordable way to play games. And also, yes. You know, I'm not saying that I'm promoting it, but people copied those floppies, man. Agreed. And that's what I was talking about rega- earlier regarding Brashear or Data Venture in the Philipp... Uh, was it Data Venture? I completely forgot. Because there was one place in the Philippines that you had, that you went to. That was the Mecca of uh, less original software, shall we say. Mm. We, we do not endorse or condone such practices and we are not responsible for anything that happens after this conversation <laughs> happens. But the fact uh, is way back games, when, that was it. A lot of these DOS games are now abandoned where any. Yes, not, A lot of it is abandoned where no one has the rights. So there's ways to check before you do it if, you're a legit, mm. if you want to be in the legitimate world, like, mm. you know, some people. You have to be checked. <laughs> so if you're a criminal, Arr. kind of, a, of a, an underground empire, and you're like, mm. yeah, whatever. But all, I'm not promote. Again, we don't condone and endorse mm. this. But if it's yeah. abandoned, where you know, why not yes. enjoy it? And, and if, I'm sure the artists would appreciate and be flattered that their game is still being played. 
all these years later and appreciate. Agreed. It. If I was if I was any kind of programmer back then and my my rights had lapsed and my game was languishing in obscurity, mm-hmm. if I see somebody playing my game, I would be thrilled because of the <laughs> fact that all my hard work is still being appreciated to this day. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now let's hand it off back back off to Miss Eileen. Actually, we ha- there's somebody here who hasn't really taken his turn yeah. all that much yet. Mm. Yeah, Joe, let's yeah. hear your take. Yeah, I know you're like we got past the point. All the kids should be asleep now. Yeah, by now the kids should be should already be in bed. Go ahead, let's <laughs> let's hear your your most recent foray into DOS games. Come on. Oh, I think you're you're yeah. There you go. Now this time I know I'm not the one with with it with the issue. Okay. Yeah, just being uh, just being sure we're uh, we're almost hitting the two hour mark anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll just go first with Sir JDM's. Uh, top pick for his DOS games before oh, yeah. I go. Let's do that one. Uh, before I hit mine. So here is uh, Sir JDM with his uh, with his choices for the DOS games. Yes, let's do that one. Hello, Timeless. Hello Timeless Gamers, here's your boy Juan De Marcos of 123Go Retro. Unfortunately, I won't be able to join the uh, show tonight, but still, I decided to record a video and talk about my favorite MS-DOS games of all time. So, number 3 in my uh, favorite uh, MS-DOS games of all time, it's going to be Lemmings by DMA Design in 1991. So Lemmings is a puzzle uh, strategy game originally released for Amiga in 1991 and was ported to uh, MS-DOS as well as several different consoles and systems in the same year. So this is, I guess, is the first um, puzzle game that I've ever played on the PC, ever. So in this game, you guide a group of bipedal lemmings. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be the same animal. Um, you need to guide them to a specific exit in the level and you're only given a limited number of commands to leave them safely. And be warned though, uh, there will be uh, several obstacles like pits, fires, lava and among other things so you really need to use your wits as a required amount of lemmings should pass safely through to progress to the next level so if you're a fan of strategy puzzle games you'll definitely uh, would love to try this game out so number two of my favorite uh, ms-dos games of all time it's going to be the game uh, flight simulator and shooter called Terminal Velocity. So created by the developers of uh, Duke Nukem, uh, you play as a starfighter pilot of EV-202 to fend off an alien uh, uh, alliance of space-faring aliens who are trying to take over Earth. And as you progress in the game, it appears that a supercomputer known as XI was responsible for the aliens attacking Earth. So the gameplay is a typical first uh, flight simulation, similar to what they did in um, Microsoft Flight Simulator. And you just fly through the levels in a starfighter, obviously. 
with lasers and missiles as your initial equipment and as you go along you collect um, a few more power-ups that will help you in your, in your mission and the ship is also um, equipped with an afterburner to allow you uh, movement at high speeds needed to evade enemy fire and if you have played previous flight simulation games like um, Star Wars, X-Wing, or the Wing Commander series, I'm sure that you will in, uh, love this game as well. Uh, the only difference is terminal velocity is rendered in full 3D rather than in vector graphics. So you'll be immersed with the geometry and depth of the objects in the game. So you definitely would like to check that out and for my number one number one <laughs> ms-dos game ever it's going to be grand theft auto by dma designs again in 1997 so grand theft auto or gta is an open world sandbox action game developed by dma designs just like um terminal uh lemmings and it's now known as Rockstar North. So it was released in November of 1997. In this game, you play as a would-be gangster trying to get his or her way to the top of the crime syndicate. Set in three different cities, you got San Andreas, Liberty City, and Vice City. Sounds familiar, right? You run, gun, hit and run, and take orders from mob bosses to earn their respect and become the most notorious made man there is. The gameplay is non-linear and you can get uh, missions in any order you choose. Your only goal is to score the required amount of money or points in order to progress in the game. So you may also go out on a rampage within the city by blasting through vehicles running over pedestrians or even hijack a train how good is that the visuals are great as well as the sound effects and it also has an in-game radio station playing over the background when you're driving around town and the audio is great as long as you're able to set up the audio configuration in the front end insert roland and um creative labs sound cards here but all in all Grand Theft Auto was an awesome game and easily is one of the best video game franchises that I still enjoy playing now uh, from the top view perspective in uh, GTA to the 3D universe where we saw uh, GTA 3 and Vice City all the way to the HD era where you play in full HD with GTA 5 and GTA 4 but I'm really looking forward to GTA 6 and would love to see how the current gen visuals will compare to the last entry in this. Alright so that's it for me everyone it's really a shame I can't make it to the panel uh, tonight but I do hope that you still enjoy um, Timeless Gamer Crew as they talk about their favorite MS-DOS game. So for me catch you in the next one and for now back to my friends in the studio all right thank all right. you for that sir jdm excellent choices from jdm i i had i did not even realize that the first grand theft auto was on ms dos i i always thought it was a windows one but i should just check 
It came out for DOS. It's amazing. <laughs> All right, Joe, let's hear your choices. Come on. All right. Um, you know me, guys. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a JRPG guy. So it, um, so when the, so when they finalized the topic for for this week, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, 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 I need to play something, right? So I need, I need, I need to play a DOS game uh, so that I can showcase. And um, lo and behold, I was uh, I managed to find a DOS game uh, that's um, that plays like uh, that plays as a Japanese role playing game. And the game that I found uh, was this game called Mad Paradox. And so Mad Paradox came out in 1992, originally from Japan, and it got it just got a uh, a fan translation. So I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what I was going to play. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I show. So 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 I look at the previews. Uh, I look at I look at the initial pictures. I look at the website. Uh, um, Abandonware Games. Yada yada yada. I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like, so I showed it to the guys, and they're like, um, and I and they're not even saying it to my face in the chat. Uh, in our group chat, they're not saying it, uh, but I can, but I can feel the judgment. Judgment. <laughs> it wasn't judgment, Joe. It was more like I, I, I can, yeah. I can hear them. I can hear them saying, "Where the hell is this guy getting this gig?" <laughs> no, it wasn't judgment. It was more like, "Yeah, this is just this is just choice, definitely." Uh, I, Nobody I'm would choose something like from you anyway. I'm, I'm not judging you. I expect you to. I'm desensitized now from all the stuff. <laughs> from all your antics, you dressing up as a woman, you doing this stuff. <laughs> you and looking at all these weird, obscure, like, Lollicon games and stuff. I don't want to name it. I don't want to throw things out, but let's see what this game is. Come on. Go ahead, John. So this game was made and published by Samurai and Mad uh, and Queensoft. Okay. Mm, um, yeah. And right off the bat, okay. Or I, I, I'll just get right into it. So uh, this game is not for kids, okay? No, it's not. No, right. And and I don't mean to find these games intentionally. I. It's just there. <laughs> they just they just float no. to you. Is that it? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, it's just there. I mean, there are no RPGs out there, fan translated anyway. I mean, in mm. English anyway, because most of the most of the RPGs are just Western, I mean, yeah. American Americanized Western role-playing games. And, I, and I'm a JRPG guy, mm. so, I, so I had to find something. And it just so happens this is it. Um, so if, um, so if you're going to play this right off the bat, um, the opening sequence is uh, was programmed separate from the main game. So uh, so the, op- the, the opening menus will be uh, the opening sequence, which is a, like, like this video that you're see- like you're seeing in there. And then once that is done, mm-hmm. now you can proceed with the, uh, with uh, with the new game. Mm-hmm. So you have the op- all of this. This video cutscene does not tell you anything really. No dialogue whatsoever. So you don't know what the hell uh, who who these people are. They're not really talking. There's no dialogue. So you can uh, so you can ju- uh, you can just uh, you can just skip all this. So um, the story revolves around this dude 
called Mash. He's a 17-year-old guy, orphan in this village, um, was tasked to uh, to find this particular girl, okay, but uh, uh, to look for this particular girl and bring her back to your village. He's 17. He thinks he's uh, he thinks he's uh, he thinks he's uh, he's okay. Uh, he's okay to go out. And he's prepared, uh, he's mentally, physically prepared to uh, to face the dangers of the outside world. Um, he he found out that. Uh, the, uh, the one who killed his parents is out there. So okay, sure. Uh, oh, uh, so, oh, oh, the bastard who killed my parents is out there. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, um, sure, I'll, I'll take him. Uh, I'll, I'll kill him. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the village elder did not really try the hardest to stop him. Oh no, Mash, don't go. Oh, get <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, just so you know, uh, I, I I left a sword for you. If, if you're if you're if you insist mm-hmm. but uh please heed my warning don't go oh you're still going oh no it breaks my heart okay take care now oh be sure to find this girl okay uh, <laughs> so, so that's the mission okay so find this girl and um uh beat the uh, and then you know uh, kill the antagonist sure so um so you so you go around from town to town uh, mm-hmm. searching for this girl mm-hmm. and Along along your journey, you're going to meet a lot of girls, okay? And you know where I, you know where I'm going with this. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so with all of the girls that you and uh, so with all of the girls that you encounter, I'm not even talking about the combat, uh, the, the, the combat and uh, the combat uh, aspect of the game, anyway. So, uh, as you progress, uh, you'll meet a lot of girls, and um, this is one of those games that. The MC is very unapologetically horny. You know? <laughs> like he does not give a fuck. Oh, no shame. No, well, no, no, actually, no shame. actually, he does. He gives many. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck, but he receives a lot of fuck. Okay, there you go. <laughs> we are a family show, guys. Um, I mean, therefore, will now be anyway. Right? So he is shagging these girls and. There are a lot of cutscenes here. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of risque pictures here that you'll uh, that, that you will see. Um, a lot of nudity coming from the girls, teenage girls, some of them preteens. Okay, like really like tits and asses, right? Yeah. And and you are giving the implication that Mash is smashing these girls, but no, you you, you don't you don't you don't actually see him doing them. <laughs> No. It's just the girls on uh, in different kinds of suggestive positions mm-hmm. that kind of implies that you are uh, that Mash is doing something, mm-hmm. and uh, and once you uh, and once you uh, you're able to uh, find all of these girls, you uh, all of those pictures will be saved in the game uh, in the game gallery. So just in case that uh, there's a particular girl that you really fancy, uh, you can just quit the game, go to the gallery section. Give yourself some two minutes, and then that's it. <laughs> um, Just two minutes, yeah. Yeah, two minutes should be enough. I mean, there are a lot of girls. So let's uh, well, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the meat and bones of the um, of the game, which is the adventuring mm. and uh, and, the, and the combat system. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is very grindy. This is one of those games that uh, that Sir Dan might hate. Uh, might turn off. Ha! Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the combat will turn in will turn him off, but the girls will turn him on. 
Aha. Um, so why, why do I say that? So at first, in the first few, uh, in the first few stages, uh, stages of the game, you're all alone. You don't have any party members. It's just you. And if you're going inside the dungeon, uh, a lot of times you'll be uh, you'll be facing three, four, five enemies. Yeah. Um, and the way they do the combat system is player at the player face and then the enemy enemy face. So if you're alone, then that means you're only you're only you can only target one. But if you are fighting three, four, five enemies, then that means you're you can only strike one. But all three, all four, all five will have to hit you first before you can have your turn. Mm. So chances are you're gonna die if you're not if you're not uh, if you're not uh, well uh, well leveled, right? So you have to grind for your uh, for your levels. And mm. for each dungeon, um, if you if you if you ma- if you manage to survive, like if the hit point is is only lo- if you're only if you're if you're receiving like a minimal damage, like two or one damage from your HP then that means you're already strong enough for that dungeon you should leave mm-hmm. you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna get any stronger uh, any stronger than that so that means you need to move to another dungeon that uh, that dungeon will add more to your level cap then so that means on the next on the next dungeon you have to grind again because you cannot really survive that uh, the new dungeon if you don't get stronger so by the time you reach uh, uh, by, the, by the time you reach the level boss, you sh- um, there's still some some level prerequisite that you should be at least this level so you can fight the boss, and that's why you need to grind all the time. Uh, and then eventually you'll uh, you'll get two party members. Uh, you eventually you'll get uh, you'll have uh, you'll you'll find your second party member, and then eventually you'll get your third party member. But the the battle mechanic is still the same: player face, enemy face. So let's just say you have your second party member, right? So that means, uh, with the two of you, you can uh, you can choose to strike two enemies. But if you're fighting five or six, then that means all six of those enemies will have to hit you first before you can have a turn. Mm-hmm. That's very old school turn based uh, turn based mechanics, actually. <laughs> and and, and um, so let's talk about the menus. All you have there is attack, magic, items, and then flee mm-hmm. or uh, or escape. Mm-hmm. So attack. Just attack. So choose whatever. Who, uh, so choose whatever enemies that you want to attack. Then attack with um, with magic. Pretty standard, really. Um, you got your you, you got your usual elements: earth, wind, fire, uh, thunder, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some magics that are uh, that are exclusive to each character. Some magic has an like a like an area of effect that like uh, like they can hit multiple enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain characters who have those, and uh, but a lot of times your magic can only uh, can only damage one particular enemy, which sucks. Um, uses MP, the usual, of course. Items very explanatory. Oh, speaking of, um, so let's talk about the items, yeah. So mm-hmm. for, uh, for each uh, for each city or town that you're going to, there's uh, there's an item shop. They sell expensive shit. <laughs> so unlike your gr- so you're grinding so you're grinding your uh, you're grinding your levels. Mm-hmm. The money is not, and they're very stingy about the money as well. Mm. So 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 it's good that you're grinding your levels, but at the same time you're also grind uh, you're uh, you're also farming your uh, your your gold your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by the time you go to the shop, you're, um, 
you'll be able to to afford the best equipment that uh, the, that they can offer. Mm-hmm. By the time you reach uh, the next town over, you have to do it all over again because they are because they are selling uh, stronger uh, stronger stats, stronger mm-hmm. stronger weapons, uh, mm-hmm. more uh, more defensive power armor and shield cost a lot more shit. <laughs> so expect, so so what so what does that, so what does that tell you? Either go back to the uh, go go back to the dungeon, mm-hmm. grind more levels, grind and then farm more gold just so, so just so that you can buy uh, just so that you can buy more. Uh, more better equipment for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's like okay. So either I'm getting stronger because I'm gaining more levels, or I'm getting stronger because I'm buying better shit. <laughs> um, and um, so I'm so I'm running this game on DOSBox, and it took mm-hmm. me a while to figure out DOSBox and how it works. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, um, I, uh, so uh, Miss uh, Miss, I mentioned this. Uh, you got your. Uh, you got your dot exe dot bat dot bat. So I tried yeah. the uh, so I tried the dot exe first. Mm-hmm. It ran the game, but for some reason there's no sound. I'm like, am I running? Am I running this right? Do I, mm-hmm. do I have to do I have to reconfigure something? Yes. And then uh, and then I saw someone from the forums uh, just run the dot bat file, which I mm-hmm. did. And it did play some music. However, it's just the background music. You don't hear any sound effects. You don't hear any dialogue. So it's just so it's just the background music playing and playing and playing. Although mm-hmm. there are some uh, although there are some variety in the music, but that's the thing. So if I so like for example, uh, I'm fighting. Yeah, I am hearing the dungeon specific music, and I'm not hearing any slash. I'm not hearing any hits. I'm not hearing any magic. So uh, so if you so. If, you know you know when you play a jrpg and you just do uh, and you just linger or you just doze off or you just look at the, look at the, <laughs> the yeah just just keep pressing the attack button yes because, but but because but because you're not hearing any of those sound effects you're not even sure what's happening you mm. need to have you need to pay attention to the screen so that you know that you are hitting something mm. or it's your turn uh, or it's your turn to go Mm-hmm. So there's no warning whatsoever to uh, to mitigate. Oh, whose turn is it now? So you have to pay attention because there's no sound coming out. Of it. Uh, there, there's no sound effects to uh, uh, to warn you. Um, as for uh, so, the only redeeming factor that this game <laughs> that that's going for it are mm-hmm. those um, uh, are, are those special pictures. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> and. <laughs> And unfortunately, uh, so so you would so so by the end of the game, and I'm spoiling this to everyone, uh, mm-hmm. mildly spoilers. And for all of that build up, mm-hmm. okay. So so the game is implying that you're not really getting any. So mm-hmm. you would think that by the end of the game, you are getting some reward for all of your troubles. Okay, yeah. so you found this girl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you found the girl. You defeated the guy. So I am expecting some. Poontang. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> Do I get any Poontang? It's up to you. For, it's up to you to play and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, um, so this is the game. Um, this is Mad Paradox. Um, if you're not, uh, if the gameplay is not enough to keep you interested, uh, you know, Google is your friend. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of footages that you can just uh, that you can just 
see and if you're just curious about those special photographs uh, yeah. you can just google them <laughs> just search mad paradox although um uh, just just type in mad paradox dos pc uh, yes if you, if you just type mad paradox it will, it will just show you uh, some, such a random shit anyway so yeah that, that that's it that's it really i mean any questions two things two things that i'm uh, let me let me put forward two things number one it reminds me of old some old dos games like knights of zentar or cobra mission that, that's true who are, yeah for um, those of you who are who are familiar with those so games, it's so it's knights of zentar uh, if you're just going by with uh, the overworld map but in yes. the combat, uh, but in the combat system, I mentioned this to uh, uh, to you guys in the in the group chat. Mm-hmm. It kind of remind it, it's a uh, it's a match between Seventh Saga mm-hmm. and Lufia, actually. Yeah. Okay. And the second point that I was gonna make, aside from it reminding me of Knights of Zantar or Cobra Mission, is the fact that it's running on a DOS. It's running DOS. That means you can edit the hexes, jaw Somewhere, some somewhere, somebody can dive into the files, into the DOS files, or even the EXE file, and then edit it using a hex editor and adjust those values so that you're not grinding so much. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to earn more cash or level up faster with somebody jumping into the hex into the into the DOS file and just do, running a hex editor. Trust me on this. One. Somebody's I mean, probably I'm, doing I'm, that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to run this game legit as far because I cannot really uh, I cannot really run on it if I just go went went ahead and cheat. Mm-mm. So um, I don't. I'm, although I'm not aware that we that you can do that, uh, I'll, I'll see yeah. if I can know how to do that. We used to do uh, that way back when. Viraj, you had something to say about this. You only played this game because of the nudity. We know yeah. Only reason for it. A part of the reason, yes. You are not wrong. You are not wrong. You wanted a reward, didn't it? Because you knew it was going to be a grind. You know, let's be honest, this game is shit, yeah? Only yeah. play it. <laughs> <laughs> the only well, I mean, grind to see the naked booty. That's the only reason. That's the only incentive you have for playing Joe, Joe, I, 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 I am willing to grind. I am willing to grind if I, if I can see some actual grinding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there no, you go. That's, that's the game is not even giving me that. So, it's all, it's I mean, all implied. Because I mean, that I is not the, because this is not the kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's loads of there's obviously a market for these kind of games where yes, you know yes, make you jump absolutely. through they make you jump through loops, yeah, and, and what you get rewarded with is um, mm. some some sexy animation, you know. And I, I guess I guess this was the pinnacle of it at the time, and mm. it spawned off you know that whole aspect of perverted video games for mm. people on um, people like yourself. We love this sort, so mm. you know you probably people have a like shop. <laughs> People like yourself, okay. <laughs> people like To quote Robert Downey Jr. in Entropic Thunder, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> yeah, I got my response to that, but I can't do that. <laughs> um, what I will say is, look, for, for perverts, that's what it's for, for men. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, well, uh, well, if anything else, this game is pretty linear. There are no side quests. Well, mm. if you're gonna, if you're going to, if you're going to consider those as side quests, but uh, not really. Um, so you're just going from point A to point B to point C to point. The game B. is basic. Um, yes. It's not even yeah, that. I mean, good. nothing special uh, about. Don't, 
Oh yeah, I mean, uh, go to a town. There's a specific mission that you need to go. Uh, you need you need to do on that town. Once you're done, go to the next town, do the mission there. Next town over. And when I say mission, there's a Wait. missionary. Missionary. <laughs> missionary position. <laughs> that, that you That's need to do there. The same is, yeah. You get basically the incentive is with these sort of RPGs, the, the, it's, and there's a lot of games like this. But the game isn't even that good. It's just the it's just the art that you're getting all horny over that you get rewarded with. That's that's the that's the prize. That's the allure to it. It's the art style of that aspect of it. So that's what this is. I'm not gonna play this game. All right, there's no point now. You just told me the images are all on Google if I want to have a look at it. What's the point in playing the game? There you go. Maybe for the time, obviously, there was no internet. You couldn't look at the pictures. But well, apparently, the uh, the pictures that I, uh, that I provided these guys in our group chat, apparently there's a lot more than, uh, there's a lot more in there. But I, um, but I only, but I only gave them some of the pictures. But there's a lot more that I haven't really shared. It's yeah, all, it's all it, over. Are they graphic though? Because all the scenes, yeah, like well, obviously you've shown the pictures of the naked women. But is there like any actual like animation with the man and the woman sort of thing in this game? Is that is that? I mean, how pornographic is it on a scale of one to ten? That's the question. Uh, uh, like 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 Mash doing actual copulation? No. Um, well. Uh, for, for as long as I played this game, I don't think there's any. Uh, I checked the I checked some of the reviews of this game, and so soft, they, they can all confirm that there's no actual contact. Okay. So it, it, it's just all implied. Okay. Um, so so everything's everything's just implied. So uh, they're, they're, uh, the the girls are are doing some um, very precarious positions to say the least, and it's just up to your imagination where matches is. Uh, it's mash in the front, on the back, in the side, top or bottom. So mm. it's so invisible. You're invisible. Mash is invisible when it when the action happens. There you go. <laughs> but before <laughs> anything else, let's just say, say hi to some uh, some uh, later additions to our audience right now. But I'm just wanted to say hi to Ray Q, who says my first DOS game is Scorched Earth. Yeah, that's a really good one, Ray. Ray Q says Scorched Earth is his choice of DOS game. Then we have uh, Dave Scott, who also who says I also remember Print Shop and WordStar on our DOS on our Windows 3.1. If we weren't playing DOS games, good choices, Dave Scott. Mm. Print Shop was 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 a playground. Print Shop was an amazing playground, and there were so many softwares that that you didn't even that you can't even really consider as DOS games, but you played around with anyway. I, I forgot the name of this one. It got, uh, the the my first. One of my first um, uh, periodical publishing software. I think it was called Newsmaster. I had a lot of fun with that one. Newsmaster was was a DOS game that you were able to publish newsletters with, and you know you played around with that with some graphics and everything. Print Shop, good uh, good call on that one, Dave Scott. There you go. Okay, and Drakey says Lotus One Two Three. Oh my gosh, nightmare. Uh, so, uh, Lotus One Two Three. <laughs> so if there's one thing in defense of this game, mm-hmm. if for what I mean, even if even if you don't have the the incentive of those girls I, um one of the main one of the main selling points of this uh, of this game that i saw uh was the gameplay because i well it was it was it was traditional uh turn-based game so automatically um that's a big plus for me mm. what i didn't realize was how grindy it was or and how um, how absurd uh, how unfair the battle system was. Um, I mean, I, I could I could ignore the girls, sure, 
<laughs> I mean, a lot of game, a lot of games were like this uh, even before, uh, even during the SNES era, even the PS1 era, and those games don't even have the, you know, they don't even have the nudity. So uh, it's not like it's not like Thousand Arms, <laughs> where you can uh, where you can court the girls first before uh, before giving you a kiss. That's the most uh, that's the most action that you'll you'll ever gonna get. The girls kissing you. Mm-hmm. In this game, all of the girls are. <laughs> what's the best term? All of the girls that you're gonna encounter here are either so eager mm-hmm. to get some dick, <laughs> or. Or it's just the main character <laughs> getting getting in there as fast as he can. Like he does not uh, like like he doesn't uh, like he doesn't cut to the chase. Uh, he's like, um, are, are we gonna fuck or what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's seven, and he's seventeen. I'm like, what the hell is this guy? Anyway, so uh, the the dial. I mean, it, it's fan trans, it's fan translated. So I'm gonna give it to the uh, I'm give it, I'm gonna give it to the fan translating team. Because they took liberties on this game, they went nuts. A lot more artistic this game. There, there, are, there are some, <laughs> there are some dialogue here that uh, that really caught me off guard, uh, especially when this uh, when this old lady and this uh, and the, and then this uh, this young girl that you just saved, because this girl has the emblem right inside her thigh. So, and the object was okay. Uh, we need we need a gate pass that looks like that. Mark on your side, mm-hmm. and you cannot, and you cannot really take the girl to the blacksmith. Oh, uh, can you, uh, uh, can you make something that looks like this? You can't really do that. No. <laughs> so you can't really take her to the blacksmith and and just flash the blacksmith, <laughs> uh, showing the girl's crotch. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> um, so the girl shows you. Uh, so the girl shows you her crotch, and there's a picture of that. Sure, and then uh, and then when you go back to the girl, thinking that you you can have another uh, you can have a second look, the old lady will answer for that girl, and she'll say, "Oh, um, you didn't have enough looking at, looking at her cunt." Like see, like see you next Tuesday. Yeah, really. <laughs> they said cunt, and I'm like, like, oh shit, oh, uh, you hadn't have enough looking at her cunt. Do you want to look at mine? <laughs> This is the old lady talking. <laughs> And the main character was like, "Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll politely decline." <laughs> and, uh, thank you, ma'am. Though, <laughs> thank you how very generous of you to offer, but I shall politely decline. <laughs> oh my God! So, um, they, uh, the translating team, took liberties um, on this game. And when I say that, and when I say they took liberties, they they didn't give a fuck as well there were a lot of, there were a lot of spelling uh, there were a lot of spelling issues there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of syntax and uh, uh, syntax and gramma- grammatical errors here and there it's like it's, i mean it's like someone uh, someone thought uh, like someone uh, maria thought how to type but only with one uh, with only what with one hand and the other hand on the dick <laughs> was gonna... <laughs> Ray Q says that part should have had a yes or no choice. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? That is funny, man. Oh my goodness. I mean, to be expected, Jaws' choice well, was really <laughs> well. If anything, the elder, uh, the elder in the village, did say, "Oh, uh, once you're outside, you will encounter a lot of girls," and okay. that is pretty much the setup of the game. <laughs> 
So the guy, so the elderly guy is basically telling you, oh, you will encounter a lot of pussy in this game. <laughs> and, I mean, he was he wasn't lying, and he, he wasn't, wasn't lying. Yeah, he wasn't lying, <laughs> and he wasn't really. It's just that he didn't specify the age range of. of oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. oh my goodness! All right, good. Well, but, um, well uh, so the game is Mad Paradox. Mad um, Paradox. So okay. All of you guys who are curious, uh, <laughs> <sighs> search my it, goodness. search it, play it. Go, uh, go on ahead. Uh, if, if you if you like to grind, uh, if you're if you're if you're that, that if you're that kind of a JRPG player who is mm. very sadistic in grinding, sure. Go, uh, mm. have, ha, uh, go nuts, haha! No pun intended. Mm. Go nuts, <laughs> man! All right, Miss Eileen. The, the girls are there just for extra, sure. Miss Eileen, uh, bring us home. <laughs> Interesting choice, sir. Just expected of you. <laughs> Before we end. <laughs> I, I don't do this on purpose, guys. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. Come on. <laughs> it's just there. I mean, you have to have that issues while you're playing these games, isn't it? If I go to your man, I want to get you. You want to get you for Christmas? I want to get you some. Um, what is it? Oh, um, well, although Sir Dan didn't mention sanitizing sprays, some gel for all your all your things, all your computer, all of it needs sanitizing. Oh, uh, uh, Sir Dan, Sir Sir Dan did mention the Rancy, uh, the Rancy game. Mm. I'm like the Rancy games. I I I know the Rancy games, and I don't want to touch that uh, <laughs> with a ten foot pole. Okay, with a ten foot pole. Because <laughs> I know I, I know the Rancy games. All right, mm. so and and I'm like, okay, so sure. Um, but that uh, but we're not that kind of show, mm. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We are, we are, we have standards. We are, we have morals to uphold uh, in doing timeless gamer show. After having Rated had that R- discussion, R- John. R- oh my God. <laughs> All right, Rated Miss Eileen. R- you are something else. You are. Yeah, Miss Eileen, bring us home. <laughs> a piece of work. I tell you. So we've reached about three hours. Yeah. <laughs> So you're at the three-hour mark, I suppose. Uh, before we end, uh, very quick, what would be everybody's recommendations for modern players? And uh, I mean, for me, it would be Command Conquer. I don't have the diskettes, but I have a CD. Yes. Uh, I guess this still holds up quite nicely, maybe, in this day and age. Not Command and Conquer. Because uh, this, this has good story, good gameplay, and... The good old cutscenes with real actors and not CGI. There's real acting in here. There's an amazing soundtrack too. Yes. Yeah. True. Indeed. Very true. Great soundtrack. Amazing soundtrack. Very true. I, I remember copying before we bought this copy. We copied from our uncle's computer, and it took like eleven diskettes. The three. Big game. Yeah. I had some. I had that on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a place mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Alright. Mm-hmm. Alright. So how, how about, about uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sir Joe, how about you? Your my recommendation for modern video gamers who might want to delve into DOS gaming, aside from the ones that I've already recommended, like the Incredible Machine, uh Where in Time is Carmen San Diego, I would say play the Wing Commander uh games. Wing Commander One, Wing Commander Two. Um it's 
fast enough that it you won't get bored with it. It's got a good enough story that you that you'll keep engaged with it, and it's done by Chris Roberts, the guy who is doing Star Citizen right now, whom who who is uh, who you might guys might be familiar has one of the longest development times of video games ever. But yeah, before he before he became this guy obsessed with trying to finish a game called Star Citizen, he came out with an amazing series of DOS games called the Wing Commander series. Wing Commander One, Wing Commander Two. Heck, if you want, you can proceed on over to Wing Commander 3 and 4, which might not necessarily be on DOS, but they are great nevertheless. So Wing Commander 1 and 2 are on DOS, Wing Commander 3 and 4 are on Windows 95 and Windows 98, if I remember correctly. And you can play that saga from 1 to 4 straight through. And Wing Commander 5 Prophecy is good enough anyway. So I would say that is my recommendation. Wing Commander series, all available on the amazing GOG, goodoldgames.com website. All right. Uh, so let me add, by the way, uh, Command and Conquer, the first one is on Steam. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Sir Brad? Just don't watch the Wing Commander movie because it sucks. Oh, yeah, the Wing Commander movie is terrible, despite the fact that it was actually directed by the same guy, Chris Roberts, which is weird. You'd think that the guy who actually owns the IP would have a faithful translation of the video game into the movie, but no, he did a. It was a travesty. Avoid the Wing Commander movie, just play the video games. Play Wing Unless Commander. Unless you want to talk to someone. Unless you want to talk to Yeah. All right. Do you have any recommendations to modern things? Oh, for, for MS DOS games, yeah? Yes. Oof. Well, look, listen, I. If you guys haven't played, like, I'll just make it easy, yeah? Just play Doom. Yeah, if you haven't Doom. played MS-DOS game, just play Doom. It's the best one. It's the best yes. MS-DOS game of the era. It's accessible to most people, you yes. know? I mean, all, I'm not saying that your games are, are crap or anything, but they're not accessible mm. to a lot of people. I think Doom is accessible to everyone. Just play some Doom, yeah? Mm. If you haven't played Doom yet, yeah, there's something wrong. You need to play Doom. It's the first Doom game. Mm. All right, do it. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> and the nice thing about Doom, Orphan's the nice fire. thing about Doom is that you can even run it on a toaster now. You can even you can run it any, on posters, you can run it on calculators, you can run it on refrigerators, anything. <laughs> I'm actually looking at Doom for the Game Boy Advance. You know, oh yes, Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Really good Big port, Doom. actually. It's a good port, so I'm looking to buy it cheap and sell it for money. That's a must. But there's a good port. It's a good game. Doom for the Game Boy Advance was a really good port. I'd say Doom 2. I'm going to be honest with people that says, even though Doom mm. is more accessible, Doom 2, if you want a challenge and a lot of fun, Doom 2. Mm. But obviously, Doom 3, I've been playing that on the Switch, the Switch port, the, the PC one. Mm. It's just too, like this is where I, I get issues with Doom. I'll just be real quick. I know it's not an MS DOS game, but it's a sequel to mm. MS DOS games. I yes. think it's more style over substance with Doom 3. And I think, um, you know, I think that the hell part is the only good part. Mm. And when you're on, around, walking around the base, it's like, yeah. and I'm not enjoying it, to be honest. Mm. I don't enjoy it as a game. I don't think it's that great. I can understand the critics it was made. But the first two Doom games, mm. yeah, do it. Do it now. Mm. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I, I also want to acknowledge Ray Hughes here, here in the chat who says, and Mark Hamill is there. Yes, Mark Hamill is in the Wing Commander 3 and 4 games. He plays the main character, Colonel Christopher Blair. And of course, a little bonus, Ginger Lynn Allen is there as well. So for those of you who know, You know, all right. <laughs> But of course, Joe. I mean, we can ask Joe what his his recommendation for modern gamers are, which DOS games are he would yes. recommend. But yes. okay, this go ahead. Recommendations. You are into JRPGs mm. and straight up softcore porn without any sexual contact. Then look no further. So the game is called Mad Paradox. So, <laughs> Go, go, go. Um, well, I do have a couple of games here. And mm. at first, I didn't know if they were considered DOS games. So you yeah. got Sephiroth 4. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
and uh, and then Shogo. Shogo Mobile Armor so, Division. Uh, yes, nice. And I believe they came out in the late 90s so I'm not even sure if they mm. are even considered as DOS games. So I mm. went for the actual DOS games. Mm-hmm. That that you know um will re- <laughs> that will mm. really reward me for my time. Mm. So the game is Mad Paradox guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Just right. yeah, right. just <laughs> like, Sorry, what was that, Miss Aileen? What was that? Sergio did a really good Stefan there. <laughs> that was Stefan. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I, I guess just we can wrap it up. Joe, uh, take it, take it away. Mm. All right, thank you, uh, thank you for that, guys. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the show. Um, that's the the DOS games that the Thomas Gamer crew have shared. And again, thank you for everyone down there at the chat. You guys are wonderful sharing your um, uh, sh- uh, sharing your uh, your thoughts, um, your uh, your gaming your gaming experiences in regarding with the DOS games. Uh, thank you all so much for interacting there with us. So we will just do our shameless plugs. Uh, Sir Viraj, where can they find you? You can find me on uh, the Sega Genesis mini group, sorry, Sega Genesis group on on Facebook, um, and I'm, I'm uh, you know, me and Sedana there. We also do the Sega Mega Masters channel on YouTube, so you can see our content content there. And we, we basically you know talk about Sega Mega Drive, uh, Master System, you know, Sega of the retro era, review their games. So yeah, have a look at our, our YouTube channel. Uh, just type in Sega Mega Masters, and, and you'll find us. And this sort of cool stuff of, of the bygone era, and that we enjoy this. Stuff. Back to you guys. All right, thank you for that, Sir Viraj. And how about Sir Joe? Where can they find you? All right, you guys can find me on Kick.com and on Twitch.tv. I stream semi-regularly on those uh, on those uh, platforms. Just look for Banyagang Native, and I stream retro games. I stream modern games. I stream any game that that catches my fancy. Recently, it's been a lot of simulation games and a lot of fishing games, and you know, I try to delve into what makes these games interesting, and all of these recommendations of DOS games from Miss Eileen, Mister Juan de Marcos, Joe, uh, Dan, Viraj, everybody, I am definitely going to be delving into. So you might find me streaming those games as well. Also, I wanted to promote one of our friends here who supports the show. It's called uh, uh, it's called Sweet Tooth España. So Sweet Tooth España is a shop that you can find uh, over in España here in, in Metro Manila at the uh, second floor fuse box building 1250, 1254 Asturias Street Sampaloc, Manila they sell amazing shakes of different varieties so the their tagline is let's shake things up a little so uh, just remember the name of the place is Sweet Tooth it's over in España check them out you guys are going to have a really good time over there on to you job All right, so just sharing you guys the um, the Facebook page of Sweet Tooth España. So that so there so that's it right there uh, for all you guys who are uh, who are close to University of Santo Tomas mm-hmm. or uh, or Forbes uh, or or anywhere in España. If you like uh, if you like the shakes, you can just uh, you can go to Sweet Tooth España shaking up. Mm-hmm. And the one leading the charge for this evening, uh, very good, uh, awesome job to to Miss Anson Porter, Miss Eileen. Well, thank you everyone for uh, joining us in our podcast. We're, I'm just glad we finally materialized the DOS episode. So for me, you can find me on Twitch 
and YouTube and Slim Porter. I got a few weeks of work, so you can find me streaming occasionally. See you there. <laughs> Uh, so this will be the one. So uh, better get used to looking at this girl, guys, because <laughs> she will be gone again for work after this week. Yeah, you know, savor her appearance because honestly, you know, once once we lose her to work again, she'll pop up every now and then. But you know, we'll miss her a lot. But you know, uh, now that she's here, we'll make the most of of, of the fact that she's available. And uh, so um, just uh, just to. Do uh, some shoutouts to our uh, to our partners again. Um, on behalf of Sir Dad and Sir Viraj right here, uh, seg- the Second Mega Masters, a podcast uh, of their sh- uh, the podcast show of theirs, available still in YouTube for uh, for everything Sega had to offer during the eight bit and the sixteen bit era. Watch and listen to their show by searching Sega Mega Masters in the YouTube for Sega game reviews, interviews, discussions, and challenges. Uh, Retro Unlimited. Um, for uh, for all of your apparel and clothing with prints repre- repre- uh, referencing the old anime, video games, and pop culture of the earlier years. Uh, you can go to their Facebook, Lazada, and TikTok accounts. Just go search for Retro Unlimited. Also, Shuffle Emporium that houses uh, various anime figures, toys, trading card games, and other collectibles. Just go to their website or Facebook page. Shuffle Emporium, uh, shuffleemporium.com. Check out their awesome inventory so you can take your collection to the next level. Studio.ph, of course, uh, producing quality prints for stickers, shirts, and hoodies, bats, and lots more. Just uh, uh, just do your inquiry by sending a message to studio.ph at gmail.com for your customized personal and corporate printing inquiries. Uh, Collector's Alley, uh, located at the third floor of the LRT Kaloocan Mall. Uh, they have lots of old video games, old toys, action figures, Gundam model kits, and other anime-related goodies. Uh, they're also going to have a a, uh, a mini market, a buy and sell, a mini event uh, this coming November, November 12th, Sunday from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., uh, same uh, same place, third floor, LRT Kaloocan Mall. To all of you guys um, who have big, who are big fans of of retro gaming um, games, consoles, handhelds, all that stuff, accessories, peripherals, just go to their mini uh, mini retro market event coming this November twelfth. And of course, we will, uh, we need to plug in the show, uh, Thomas Gamers Show, also available. Uh, by going to the YouTube channel, Twitch, and Facebook page. You can also visit our website, timelessgamers.com. Still currently under uh, under construction. Uh, we are we are inching our way to complete that. And our audio versions of the show are still quite available by searching in the Timeless Gamers Show in all of the major audio streaming platforms out there. And that is it on behalf of Sir... Uh, Sir Dan, Sir Ray, Sir JDM, who can't be here, uh, who can't be here. Our games and our bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain. Hey, timeless. All right.